to episode two of Tire Talk with Toro Tires. I am Colin, your host here with Joe Gomez again with our special guest this week, Jared Samuelson from Beam NG. Uh, he's here. He's going to talk to us a little bit about what he does there, a little bit about his uh, career, how he got going in the off-road world and how he got going in the 3D graphics world and how he kind of transitioned from just being a fanboy uh, playing a video game to actually developing vehicles for that company that he uh, was playing as a kid. So um, let's just first jump right into it. Jared, why don't you introduce yourself? What's up? Yeah, so um, I'm, a, I'm definitely a car geek at heart. Always have been. I had this big dream of designing cars for Chevy and Ford and Toyota. And um, turns out engineering, engineering class is really intense. Um, so I've kind of found my own path through video game art which is cool because i'm still designing cars and looking back it's like i almost i almost enjoy the the video game car design more than real life design because i have total freedom and um, i combine uh my video game 3d art knowledge with real life car building knowledge so i've pretty much grown up in a junkyard and uh that's inspired me to uh to do car builds i've never been you know rich enough to do these crazy car builds so i learned how to do them in 3d and um you know, just kind of kept practicing until I made my way into the industry. So that's a, that's a short version of it. And um, you might know me from my yellow bug eye, uh, WRX, that I've completely modded out, did the whole do-it-yourself engineering type of stuff, photo scanning with the DSLR, importing into a 3D program. There's free software like Fusion 360. Well, free until you make $100,000, and you could do uh, um, stress testing and all that type of stuff. And uh, yeah, so that's pretty much the uh, the short introduction. Um, we could go into the whole story now on how I got into it, if you'd like. Uh, yeah, we're, I'm showing a few of the uh, the the renderings and the the 3D scan and a little bit of your work. I got the the buggy that you helped design for us with BMG for SEMA, as well oh, as yeah. uh, the Subaru here and uh, some other of the 3D scanning you sent me of the Subaru. So I, I think it's really cool how you kind of took, like you said, you, you and, and I think this is what great, is great about the car community in general is the fact that you, you really don't need a lot of money. You, you don't need to have some sort of crazy expensive build. You don't need to spend thousands of dollars. You, you can, you can do something cool and have fun on a budget. And I think it's great, especially in the aftermarket. There's so many different tiers of parts and granted, there's still crappy parts out there, and I get that, but there's good parts you can get on a budget now and do things, and especially with, like, you're talking about with 3D scanning and modeling, more than ever, people are uh, have the ability to build things themselves. I guess maybe I'll throw it to Joe, and Joe because you and Joe met long before me, and you met Jared, so maybe Joe can talk about when you guys first met, and then we'll go into a little bit more in depth about how you found your way into this industry. Awesome. Uh, real, real quick, just a quick shout out to uh, Rene is actually on uh, Rene Crovador, and he is uh, um, uh, from Brazil. Yep. Uh, so that's that's pretty cool, man. It's cool that he's on. And then Travis, all right, so we're about like fourteen. Nice, uh, even yeah, Michael's nice. Um, so how Jerry and I met uh, yeah. SEMA? Maybe it was like what uh, three years ago, four years ago, or something like that. Oh, man, such and, a long uh, time ago. It's <laughs> very very long time ago. Um, and yeah, I was just working, you know, started working at Turo and, you know, passed by the booth, you know, hit it off. And um, back then we, I would, there you go, we had a CGI video playing in the booth. So you stopped by to look at that. And 
you know, you're giving some feedback on that stuff. And you're like, yeah, maybe we could do something like that. Um, you know, like a small image, uh, image was the idea. Uh, and then that turned into what last year was at SEMA at the outside booth uh, that we had the demo for the, C the, the, the BMG demo with the truck in there and the, the boss tires. Um, but that, that, that was pretty fun, actually, which is something that we're kind of still working on. But yeah, so then, uh, and then and it's funny because Jared was actually there when we did the teardown too on that same night. So it was the last last guy to hang out with us. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was pretty fun, man. <laughs> That's good. Uh, I mean, technically, my bug eye didn't make it in the SEMA. It yeah, was just after it yeah. closed. That's so I don't know if I could say it was in the SEMA show. It was a SEMA vehicle. <laughs> and in, in, honor of, in honor of Moab last week, I do have my Easter Jeep Safari Moab Brewery Cup with some, some Red Bull going here. And I should say, Red Bull does not sponsor Tire Talk with the tires, <laughs> but if anybody's from Red Bull is watching, you should. Yeah. I could use some, so please. Oh, yeah. Sponsor this relatively stocked up your ex. Yeah, so, uh, Jared, if you want to start, like, let's talk about how you got into the industry because you said you started playing um, BNG when you were 13, correct? Yeah, so I mean, it was it was like the previous version of the video game called Rigs of Rods, but the uh, I guess the whole story. Um, so when I was a little kid, I was pretty into video games, like most you know most twelve or thirteen year old kids, um, and that was around the time when the two thousand and eight uh, economy collapse happened. So my parents are like, "Oh well, we can't buy you any more video games," and I'm like, "Okay, whatever, I'll figure it out," you know. And screw going outside, that's lame. Who, who needs the sun? <laughs> and so I. Uh, got really into just downloading mods and changing the game using other people's files and everything and turning them into new games, basically. So like Gary's Mod, uh, Counter-Strike, uh, Live for Speed, and then um, Rigs of Rods. And so Rigs of Rods is the original version of BeamNG. And it was extremely simple to mod and they had a lot of tutorials and everything. And so I'm like, you know, it's cool downloading everybody else's mods, but I kind of want to see what I could do. And so I did the common, the common thing of like, you know, going into the code and changing the engine power from like 400 to 40,000 and just seeing what happens, you know, just smash it into a wall. Uh, and then from there, you know, just being like a bored 13 year old kid over the summer, I just kept practicing, uh, learning the code and then posting my artwork up on the forums, which was really helpful because everybody was giving me critique. So, and um, I, I found this open source 3D art program called Blender which is funny because back in the day, it was almost nothing. You know, it was it was the program you used when you're too poor for Max and Maya, which were the industry standards. But a 13-year-old doesn't have $3,000. <laughs> and so I just went with Blender and uh, kept practicing. I, uh, you know, I'd make a, a mod and then post it on the internet and then they would critique it like, oh, okay, I've got an anti-occlusion layer. It'll kind of separate the surfaces a bit more and kind of make it pop, you know, add some scratches around the edge, uh, um, that type of stuff. And so it's it just like a very, you know, almost like going to school, except I was, I was at home. So I go to school, you know, my regular, like middle school, high school, uh, come back home and then do 3d art, post it up to the, up to everybody else. So everybody else could see it. And then these really good artists would critique me. And so it's almost like a second school outside of school. And so I kept doing that more, more and more uh, mods. And then eventually there's this group called the invited section in rigs of rods where if you're a really good modder, it gives you, I think it gave you access to the early betas and more direct contact to the people that have created the game. And that was really cool. And what's funny is that's how I met a lot of the people that I work with today. 
is um you know like this 13 year old kid on the forms and i met the uh the ceo uh thomas and uh gabe which is the uh the vehicle um artist the uh art director for the vehicles and uh we were going to collaborate on a truck a long time ago but i met all these people when i was you know i was like 12 or 13 and you know it's funny because like i i did the rigs of rods thing modded that for a while i'm like i really enjoy this i really want to do this for a living but it was kind of on the back burner um when i was 16 i got my first job taking you know how like when you write your stuff down on uh, like like paperwork for insurance i was a kid that took the uh took the writing and put it into the computer and that job sucked i mean the simple simple data entry basically yeah exactly and it it was almost i mean it was great that that job sucked so much that it really inspired me to get into video games and inspired you to do something besides that sucky job Exactly. Yeah. Where if I had something that was sort of fun, I might have just been content with where I was. But mm-hmm. I'm just like, I, I'm not going to do this for a living. Like, screw this. Um, and so there's no industry in Arizona, really. It's just, it's just non-existent. And so the only option I had was to go freelance. And so I learned a bunch about starting my own business, how to uh, write contracts, quoting, all that type of stuff. And then applying to every single job I found on the Internet on the blender forms and so i kept doing that over and over again i was competing against 150 people generally every single time and i got my first job when i was four, uh when i was uh, 17 as a architectural 3d artist and so basically taking this guy's concepts and rendering them out and from there i'm like oh this is great it's addicting and it was pretty decent money for you know 17 year old and i kept doing that and then i kept applying to more and more jobs and you know, as I kept building my, my client base, I, I, I had so many side jobs. I'm like, hmm, this is, this is getting really good. Um, also, also another trick with, uh, with pricing. So how I figured out my, uh, my price is I kind of figured out the minimum that a 3D artist would charge. And that was the first job I charged minimum. And then the next job, I'll do $5 an hour more. And the next job, mm-hmm. do $5 an hour more. Until you find that. that threshold where we're charging a little bit too much and then you dial it back. Yeah, exactly. People are going, uh, you know, I don't know about that. And that's kind of how I found my uh, my rate back in the day. I, I saw some advice somewhere on the Internet for that. And um, so, you know, I was still going to college. Everybody was telling me, you know, oh, go to college, go to an art school, that type of stuff. And I just went to a basic community college and got my associates of art. So yep, I did, too. Degree. I did my first two years at community college. Ah, sweet. High five. Great, yeah. great, great pl- for any kids listening out there thinking about community college. Great option. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Yes. Going to a four year university. is. St- and again, I'm not this isn't me bashing a four year university. If you know what you want to do and you know the school you want to go to. Great. Do it. More power to you. Or if you're getting scholarships for whatever, that's great. Do it. But if you don't know. If you don't know what you want to do, but you want to advance your career. Go to community college for two years, save some money, take two more years to really think about it. Do that sucky job that makes you realize you don't want to do this and then go find something to do. Exactly. You know, there's so many people telling me I have to go to an art school to get into the industry. And I'm like, I don't I don't have the money for it. First of all, like I don't want to put myself in forty thousand dollars of debt for a maybe because I know it's a very competitive field. And. Um, so I just went to a two-year community college, and then after the two years, it's I calculated. I'm like, I could live for three years on bare minimum um, at forty thousand dollars, and I'm like, if I can't teach myself 3D art to get enough jobs to do full time in three years, um, then I'm just, I guess I just don't have the skill, you know. Um, and so I basically I stopped, I stopped school, and then that gave me a lot more time to do freelancing. 
And that was because I had such a backup with jobs. I'm like, okay, well, school's getting in the way now of my freelancing. So I think I'm just going to do the jump, go all in. And so got my LLC started and everything, uh, went full into freelancing and that worked out super, super well. Basically transitioned from architectural visualization uh, to more video game jobs, just in general, like phone games, that type of stuff. And then, you know, I'm a car geek and that's, that's the niche I want to do. And I uh, kind of weaved my way into the car niche. And ever since I've, uh, I've been in that niche, it's been, uh, it's been great for me. And so, you know, after, after a while, you know, I had a bunch of freelance jobs. I had two freelancers working underneath me. It was amazing. And, you know, this is like a full life story, but uh, I got tendonitis really bad. And for anybody who does computer work, yeah. like big, biggest piece of advice, anybody who does computer work, you got to look at your ergonomics because you're going to study it. You're going to spend hours looking at it, but it's like whether, you know, after you get yourself injured or before. Yep. And so many friends have tendonitis, carpal tunnel, that type of stuff. So like, like research it now. Uh, if you have it, like definitely do it. Um, but I didn't listen to anybody that was telling me to do it either. So hopefully, hopefully I'm the guy that could inspire you to do that. Um, anyways, totally knocked me out of the industry. Uh, I mean, I guess lucky for me, it's such an industry-wide um, injury that a lot of my clients are very understanding. I've hired other people to take over my jobs. And um, so while I was injured, I was talking to my old friends that I met with Rigs of Rods. And, you know, we're kind of just hanging out, talking. It was the only thing I could do because I couldn't 3D model. So I was just hanging out on Skype, just talking to everybody and um, started talking about my art. And then the, uh, the art director, he's like, well, your art's, uh, your art's pretty good. And then I uh, showed everybody on the team and they're like, we got to get you on. And I'm like, okay, sweet. And luckily they put me on projects with, uh, with deadlines pretty far away. So that way, you know, I could heal and do some 3D modeling at the same time. And now that I've healed up, um, I've taken a full-time contract with Beam and G and it's been awesome ever since. And, you know, I, I think the big, oh yeah, it's, uh, it's so much fun. The, the biggest thing is just like the people, you know, like I meet them in real life and they're like, I love this game. Like it's inspired me to do this or this or like engineering. It's a very engineering type of video game. And that makes me super happy. And just kind of like, you know, my, my time, you know, the, the time that I spend making this video game makes a bunch of people happy and distracts them from whatever. And especially right now, kind of distracting them from the coronavirus, something to do. It's just, you know, it's. Escape. Yeah. And I think the biggest, the biggest honest, honest takeaway from, from that. And what I think is great is when you're, when you're young, when you're in a position like you, when you're in a position like me, frankly, when you're a younger person, you have, you have the ability to be able to take more risk, not in a negative way. People often associate risk with a, with a very negative thing, but take the risky leap because you have more time to, I guess, rebound from that. If it was a bad decision, I mean, young people don't have kids, don't have what they don't, you, you don't have as many things tying you down as many things that that could negatively affect. So if there's something you love to do, go do it. Like take that leap, take that risk. I mean, it might be out of the norm, but go do it. Like that's, that's my biggest advice to people who are on the fence about something. What's the worst that's going to happen if you do like you're back to where you started before? Yeah. And that's one of the really big things. And another thing that I really see um, a lot of people, they always have this plan of, you know, becoming a game developer, like a vehicle artist or, you know, a famous streamer or YouTuber or whatever. But then they always have this like really big complicated plan. Like, okay, well, I'm going to buy these tutorials so I can learn how to do cinematography, but I need this like $10,000 camera. So my, you know, my video is good and my mic's good. 
or well, same think, thing with the computer. I stuff. think that's what's great about technology now is that, you know, back in the day, even, you know, five, ten years ago, to do something like, you know, YouTube or things like that, the amount of technology, like, you need a nice camera, you need a nice microphone, you need this and that. All you need now, if you want to, you know, do something, because everybody, everybody wants to be a YouTube personality. That's what everybody wants to do. Everyone wants to have their face on the internet all, all over, and that's, like, the thing. That's It used to be video game designer. Like, when I was a kid, everybody, oh, I'm going to be a video game designer. Now everybody wants yeah. to be a YouTuber. And you know what? It's, it's great for these kids, because you don't need to buy a $10,000 camera. You don't need to buy a fancy microphone. You have that all right here. Enough, exactly. enough quality in your, it, it you're carrying around right now. You could start a YouTube channel and I know YouTubers now who have a hundred thousand followers. They still film on their iPhones. You don't need a fancy camera. Exactly. Yeah, they'll, they'll edit it out like in Premiere or some. You yeah. Know, other, other and I mean, you could use iMovie, yeah. you could use Windows Movie Maker. You could use, you don't, the, the startup cost to get into the startup cost to get into a lot of these industries now is lower than ever with open source things and lower cost to entry technologies. So it's so much easier for kids to be able to do that. Yeah. And I think the biggest part is, you know, when people have these really complicated plans, you know, whether, you know, it's like, I got to do this and this, but my biggest thing is just, you just got to practice. You just got to put the time in, you know, my biggest thing, I get a lot of people that come up to me, like, how do I, how do I get into the video game industry? And and they're like, I got to go to school. I got to do this. I got to find these programs. I got to pay for this. And I'm like, just, just download the Unity engine or the Unreal engine or whatever game you have. Just play around with mods. Like it's every, every type of skill is way more about the time that you put into it yep. than it is about these big plans, you know, yep. like, and, and you can tell it because a lot of people that I talk with, you know, that are like pretty famous and like super successful, none of them really expected it. Like I never expected where I'm at because it, it was just a hobby, you know, I just, I just put my time into it. It wasn't a complicated process, you know? And I think if I overcomplicated it myself, like if I had this super, like when I was 13 years old and I had this big goal of becoming a video game developer, I probably would have freaked myself out. I'm like, I have it's, to do it's this. It's like, this, it's this, like this, me and Joey's talk about, you could, you could plan all day, but unless you're going to execute on what you're, what you're planning, your plans for, for nothing. It's, yeah, exactly. it's kind of useless. That's and funny. It's like, Oh, yeah, go for it. So, no, no, just really fast on Facebook. So James, uh, uh, James commented, it's like the poster, the poster in the background, I made it. Um, so yeah, that's actually the poster that we did have at SEMA. So what I did is I shoved it in the, in the, uh, in the box for the TV in between, in the, in the, between the frame or whatever, anywho. So then once I got it back, you know, I just ordered a new, new frame for it and stuff like that. Like, that's so I guess <laughs> let's transition here. Cause we're, we're 20 minutes in and we have not talked that's about nice. tires nor vehicles. Which is fine. Yeah. Which is fine. I and, and I, I love I love having hearing about Jared's thing and I think it's a great story that people like to hear, but I guess let's move along to yeah. maybe more relevant topics that other people want to hear too, as we're twenty minutes in here. I guess yeah. and we can move on to the fact that let's hear about uh your your Subaru a little bit, uh Jared. What what's done to, what's all done to that thing? Awesome. Yeah. So the story about the Subaru, I'm guessing, do you have the picture up for it? I'm pulling the pictures up right now for everybody on the stream. Yeah. So I, um, I basically, I had a forerunner, like this off-road forerunner and turned out the 1994 Ford F1 star crash test rating both here and in Australia. I'm like, Oh, that's a bit sketchy. So I wound up selling that thing and I wanted something that's, um, super cheap, fast. And my biggest thing was easiest to get parts for. So whenever I buy a car, I actually, I look at the junkyards and I'm like, okay, there, there's a lot of these in here. 
and I could swap the parts over. And so, well, is that a good getting... thing or is that a good thing or a bad thing that there's lots sitting in junkyards? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess it depends how you look at it. It's great because the parts, but it means it also breaks down a lot. Uh, but the yeah, so I, I researched a ton of vehicles, and it was between a Ford Raptor. Or not a Ford Ranger, Ford Raptor, way out of my budget. Uh, an old, an older Ranger, Ranger, right? Not not like the newer ones we're building. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The older ones. I'm doing the like older ones are so sweet. They're sweet trucks. Oh, exactly. Like, uh, pretty reliable. Parts are cheap. You can find those in the junkyard. Like, awesome, awesome car. Um, the other one was a WRX, and um, it was a little more expensive, but the safety ratings were great. The power is great. And um, just, just finding parts in the, in the junkyard. And so I went on Craigslist. I searched for a while. I found this yellow yellow wagon bug i didn't even know it was super rare color and um so i went down and uh i didn't know anything specific about Subarus really um i just knew general general stuff and um so it was it was not a very good purchase honestly the uh one day after i owned it the bolt came out of the timing belt nice and, good times uh, out of the timing belt area landed on the belt went through all the gears shattered everything i had this car for 12 hours it's because they forgot to tighten all the bolts and i'm like what are you serious um so i wound up rebuilding that um they slotted the struts all the way through so i'd replace the struts so that my wheels wouldn't come all the way off um there's just like a lot of issues and it was lowered too which i thought i would like at the time I'm like cool lowered vehicle it's different stance um, nation got, baby exactly bottom out over a pop tart um <laughs> Probably could have bottomed out or popped out. It was pretty low. Uh, and then I, I hit everything, and I was super tired of it. I always wanted to go off-roading. Like, I love camping, like, just hitting the dirt roads. And so I'm like, oh, this is super frustrating. But then, you know, a big part that drew me to Subaru, too, was the rally racing. And these are really strong cars for off-roading. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to I'm gonna lift it with Forrester struts and just kind of see what I think. So I traded my friend my lowered springs for uh, his uh, lifted Forrester struts threw that on you can literally bolt it on and you get a two inch suspension lift it was three inches something like that and i loved it like it was just drifting on the dirt roads and really great for off-roading and so that got me addicted back into the off-road scene like i did with my foreigner um but you know now i have a subaru and they don't make off-road parts for a subaru so then i had to learn how to weld and um basically engineer my own stuff so there's this cool thing um, called photo scanning. So I use the program Agisoft PhotoScan. You take a bunch of pictures with the DSLR. You can do it with your cell phone. Uh, there's free apps out there if you want to try it. And you basically take a bunch of pictures of your object, and then it'll automatically align the cameras. And then from there, it'll be like, I recognize this pixel cluster here, this pixel cluster here from these, this, these two cameras, and it'll align and create a vertice. And when it does, you know, like 3 million of those, you have a full, fully accurate 3D model um, I don't have accurate tools to test it within more than one eighth of an inch across the entire vehicle, but it was pretty accurate, accurate enough for me. So I imported that into Blender and then 3D modeled my front bumper, my rear bumper, tire carriers, skid plates, all that type of stuff. So I photo scanned my subframe and the body and created everything for that. Created those plans, um, got a tube bender and then bent it all up, coped it, learned how to weld, welded everything together. Um, I also did stress testing in Fusion 360, and that's that program I was telling you about earlier, mm -hmm. free up to $100,000. But, you know, you could do finite element analysis in there, so you can kind of get a, a range on how strong your part is before you actually build it, which is really nice. Um, but because the photo scanning is so accurate, I was able to test, you know, so like the tire care, I was able to test to make sure my, my uh, back door could open, you know, and the tire thing could open and get my clearances really close so my tire is as low as possible for center of gravity. Everything's as strong as I could possibly make it. 
And um, from there, I upgraded to bigger tires. And I basically off-roaded the crap out of this thing. So it's got 200,000 miles. I did way more than you should with a Subaru with it. All my bushings are blown out. And it got to that <laughs> point, you know? I mean, it's not a Jeep. Like, that's, you know, it's like everything's going to blow out. So you have to modify everything. Um, well, everything so blows out on a Jeep, too. Ask us how we know that. Oh, wait. <laughs> terrible i know i gotta I got go yeah off joe there. what happens when you jump a jeep what happens to the suspension on it first i just gotta kind of chime in on some of these uh comments i think it's pretty funny um yeah. like james we get rich also actually and rich uh um uh he said he posted some photos from the website uh as he promised me back at pismo beach uh pismo beach is an event that happens uh, in october uh, at uh, uh oceana dunes in california uh, joe what so are you talking about i'm at pismo beach right now <laughs> well, that's what i was that's what i was leading into next <laughs> but um uh so, so so yeah i was just talking with the guy that organized today uh about that coming together and then we got dinsmore racing that came on uh, from canada so that's that's pretty neat uh that's uh, actually really cool speaking of suspensions like they would definitely know a thing or two about that um because they race uh well they used to do pro pro uh lights and then now they're into pro fours and stuff uh so yeah it's so cool that they're on and they're Brittany, obviously. And <laughs> Nate knows. Yeah, Nate, Nate would definitely know. About jumping uh, a thing or two about, about jumping a thing. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> okay, okay. You know what? That's actually a funny story. So we were doing we were doing a photo shoot one time. And uh, the people we were working with, they showed us some images. And uh, one of them was a picture of a Jeep flying over this hill. And we're like, yeah, that'd, that'd be funny. You know, thinking it's just as a joke. So we get down, we get done with all the images. We get down, we get down to that part. And the guy's like, so um, when are we going to jump that hill? I'm like, wait, you're serious? He's like, yeah, I'm serious. <laughs> I'm like, uh, okay. So, no, no, uh, Nate, Joe, that, Joe, Joe, you've started yeah. the story too late. You have to start with the Sorry. part of the story that that happens before the photo shoot, where you guys arrive the morning of from Florida. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> photo shoot, man. Um, uh, because yes. Joe, Joe forgot that there was a photo shoot scheduled for that day, so he came, oh, yeah. they came back a little later than they had planned showed up the morning of the photo shoot immediately after jeep beach which is this weekend or was supposed to be this weekend immediately <laughs> exactly. after jeep beach show back up at hq only to find out that they have a photo shoot to do that day it's like surprise oh, um, no. so, so yeah they did end up, they did end up like sending it you know and it you know flew, flew through there we got some good pictures all four tires in the air and stuff like that and uh we actually had some we have some Terraflex shocks on it. So I'm on Terraflex's website. I go to their FAQs and in there, it actually has a part where it talks about um, if you fly a vehicle, or whatever. And I'm like, man, I feel like sending this picture because it's like you're saying that you're, you know, <laughs> like check this out. Actually, we really actually did that. Um, so it held up good. Uh, I just think that over time, the the track bar mount, uh, it did, uh, uh, it did kind of fail on me a little bit one day. Uh, it might have been slightly user uh, error, you know, maybe like going up on top, top of snow mounds and whatnot and maybe flexing a little too much back then. Uh, that's pre, pre before all these parts. Um, uh, that so, was yeah, when so Joe it's... was still an amateur Jeep owner. <laughs> was, oh, yeah. We had just got it, like pretty much everything on it was like pretty stock, you know, before like we upgraded the steering and all that stuff, man. So, so advanced Jeep owner now. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was when it was still... Still fair, fairly stock. Let me find the pictures of what it looks like Those now death for people days, who don't man. know. Those yeah, so death the, death days. the big thing would... <laughs> yeah. um, that we that we did to, I guess, to, to not necessarily address that, but 
the the big thing we have moved to is uh, are the XT tires rounded or should they be inflated so they're flat using the chalk test? They're not a crowned tire. The XT is not a crowned yeah. tire. You can use the you can use the chalk test on that tire. We do recommend um, in terms of inflation, which is another topic we're going to get to here a little later in the show. Uh, we're going to talk all about applications, PSI, that sort of thing. But to touch briefly on your question in the comments, Joseph, and for no, everybody watching this after the fact, if you want to ask questions during Tire Talk, if you're listening to the podcast on Spotify or if you're watching this on YouTube, you can ask questions live Thursdays at 7 p.m. if you tune into our Facebook. But to answer your question, Joseph, it is not a crown tire. I know that's a big topic right now because I believe it was Milestar is is really pushing, telling people that their tire is crowned. I forgot which one it is, Joe. Is it the uh, the, Pat- the Patagonia's is a crowned tire. Ours is not a crowned tire. So I know there's a lot of stuff going around in the internet right now about flat versus crowned tires. And yes, you can use the chalk test to test our tires, but we do recommend at least starting with either the PSI calculator on our website or starting with your manufacturer PSI as a baseline. And then you could start to lower it off from there. But you should be aware you don't want to go too low. And we always say, on-road you really shouldn't go lower than your manufacturer psi for safety reasons i mean that's that's obviously up to you and your discretion if if you feel it rides better then that's that's all that's your call but if you're running yeah. them under inflated you're doing so at your own risk and then well, it yeah, does come down to driver too right? yeah and it comes down to driver well, and driver preference good. but if you're <laughs> off-roading that's a completely different story yeah, yeah. you can run them significant i would recommend running them significantly lower we run our, our Trailblade bosses on the Jeep when we're off-roading at around um, 7 to 10 PSI, around there. Yeah. But we have beadlocks, so you should take that into account when you're t- when you're talking about things like that. So we do have beadlocks on ours. Um, I have the pictures up now, finally, from the photo shoot. These aren't the beadlocks. Yeah. These are 3820s. But we do have a set of ultra-wheel um, extreme beadlocks on them that we run. So that is why we run them so low if you're when you're off-road you're running 15 to 12 that's probably a good place to be i i say never under 10 if you're not running on a beadlock unless you're a very experienced off-roader because you, you can go lower than 10 on a beadlock you can and you're you'll, you'll be okay but you have to know how you're wheeling it and be very careful not to pop a bead anything you want to add there joe I was going to say, no, yeah, I was answering back really fast on some of these. Um, like what Joseph had that question about running 35 and then he runs them at 29. Um, not sure if you said what vehicle we had yet, but uh, like for us on the Jeep, I put them right now at about 30 and then uh, 30, 31. I mean, it does say 35, depending, I believe, to the tire model that you have. Currently, we have the boss on there. Yeah, he's, um, he so- said he's running the XTs. XTs. So yeah, I, I would, and then uh, 12 I mean, to 15 yeah, when you offer Like Joe said, with, the, with the super chips in the comments there, Joe mentioned the super yeah. chips tuner. You do definitely want to uh, look into... The tire size and the tune it out. You do definitely want to look into... Um, Just like... Oh yeah. If in severe duty racing below 15 PSI overheats the bead area. Yeah, well, uh, in uh, Dinsmore, I'm talking about... Um, Jeeps, Jeeps mainly, where you're not going to go high speed. But I, I agree, you don't want to go That's... low if you're going to be going high speed. You'll have 
major issues. You never want to run those low low uh, PSIs on the street. You just you you don't for very limited. If you have to, if you're in a bind to go get air, that's why we recommend running an air setup. We on our Jeep, we have an onboard air B compressor for our lockers. We don't currently have the air up thing for that, but we are carrying a power tank, a 20 pound power tank that we carry with us. Um, and then we have the compressor as well. That's going to be set up as a fail safe, but you're also in our Ranger. We have an ARB compressor as well. That's going to run the locker and be able to air up tires. So you do, we highly recommend if you're going to be doing serious off-roading to have some sort of way to air up your tires and air down your tires. For that fact, if you are using air downs, that'll make your airing down significantly easier, but you definitely are going to want something with you like that because you should not be driving on the road. Um, and, but going back in terms of gas mileage, whenever you're running bigger tires, and this is, the, this is the biggest thing, everybody thinks of wheels, tire suspension. There's a lot of other supporting mods that go into running bigger tires than just being able to physically fit them. That is, that is yes, important to physically fit them. You want to have good articulation and be able to clear them. But the other very important thing is to be able to have the steering for it, the um, the correct. I totally lost my train of thought. Steering axles, yeah. and there's something else I was gonna throw in there. I this is why ta- I, this is why I should talk about steering components. You're good. Um, supporting you're about supporting components. mods for bigger tires mainly. Yeah, no, that you know what, man. Like, exactly. I'm. I'm. That was one night. And that fun thing about the Jeep is that we um we didn't bro- change we broke all the a lot parts. Of stuff. I don't know, dude. That's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting recorded, man. <laughs> That's fine. I, 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 I want people, we're not, we're not perfect. And I want people to know, like, That's what you're learning. Yeah, you're that, right, you're and, learning. and at the end of the day, I think it's good for people to understand. I mean, it's not the it best. You don't want to learn that in a, in a wheeling situation or something, yeah. but I think it's good for people to understand where they're creating weak points because you will always have a weak point. Yeah, you're just, just you're just moving. You're yeah. just moving the weak point. Oh, yes, James, these are great pictures. And again, if you're listening to the audio only version of this, go to our YouTube channel and watch because you can see the pictures I'm showing on stream right now. The these were taken by um, Jamie Link Photography out of Chicago. Great photographer. Be sure to go look yeah. him up if you need any sort of photography needs vehicle or otherwise. He's also a certified drone pilot. So great guy to work with. We're going to use him again in the future for sure. Um, but yeah, these are some great images he took of our Jeep just after SEMA. And this is everything we did to it before SEMA. But so on that topic, there is upgrading mods to see, we have the PSC hydrosense. We have all the steer smarts components and that's what a lot of people don't realize. There's more that goes into gears. That's the other thing. Thank you, Joseph. Gears is what you want to remember. You need a tune and gears because a lot of people throw on bigger tires, don't upgrade those other things. And then they don't like that. Their gas mileage is bad because you're gearing, you're, you're overworking your engine. You've increased your rotating mass. You've increased your weight and you haven't re-geared and you're putting more strain on your engine and your transmission and those other things. There's a reason that the Jeeps comes with the gears. They do because the manufacturers has, this Jeep has designed everything, those gears, those steering components, everything spec to work with everything else that they put on their stock. So as soon as you start changing stuff, yeah, it might work for the time being, but it might not be perfect. So we did things. We upgraded the axles. We changed out our rear locker. We put in RCVs. 
we upgraded the steering. We switched to hydro assist. Like these are the things that people don't necessarily price out when they're talking about building a vehicle and they forget that, that you need these other su supporting mods besides just physically making the tire fit in the wheel well. Yeah, it's the same thing with the Subarus too. I see it all the time where people put massive tires on their Subaru, but even just the two inch difference from stock to what I have now, um, I'm super limited gearing wise, especially since I don't have a transfer case. So I can't, I can't go high, low range. And um, yeah, so a lot of people toss these big wheels onto the Subaru and their gearing's really, really bad because yeah. it's already, you know, like a normal daily driving car, but then you can't climb anything. A two inch difference makes, you know, a lot. So definitely have to factor that in when you mod, like if you just toss tires onto anything, there's so much more to it. And I think you definitely hit, um, I, I see a lot of mistakes too with uh you know almost like the engineering side of things if you reinforce something it's going to put a weak point somewhere else so oh, exactly. kind of chase that that tail or have a weak point where you know it's easy to fix and that's what people don't understand like because people go and upgrade all their stuff right away right out the gate and people don't realize that you, you're you're moving the weak point to maybe somewhere you unknowingly are like oh i'm going to upgrade my my gearing and this and that. I'm going to upgrade my axles. I'm going to do this. And the, okay, so you've put upgraded axles in. You've put bigger wheels and tires on. You've upgraded your steering. Your weakness now is your ring and pinion, which, yes, that's going to be what breaks because you've put all this other stuff on. But what's easier to change out and on the trail? An axle shaft or a ring and pinion? Axle shaft's going to be significantly oh, yeah. easier than pulling a ring and pinion on the trail when you blow one up. Uh -huh. So it's it's... It's learning where your weak point is. And I mean, yes, may maybe you'll break the axle more often, but it, it all depends on how you're, how you're wheeling it. Uh, Anthony, what were you yeah, running the, the 35, 12, 50, 20 twenties on the biggest thing? Um, like what, what were your wheel specs and what was the vehicle? Cause that's what we're going to, I'm going to jump into that now quick yeah, because a, a lot of things, on. a lot of things we hear, from people and granted take this for a grain of salt i'm not in the warranty department but i like to think i know a thing or two about how tires work and applications of tires and you know like i said take this all with a grain of salt but the biggest thing we see when it comes to warranty claims and our warranty claim is is less than one percent the biggest thing we see when it comes to warranty claims is people miss you having a misapplication of their tire. And that can mean a lot of things having a misapplication. It's not necessarily just stretching the tire and it could be stretching the tire. It's not using the correct load range. We see a lot of these three quarter ton, three quarter ton and one ton trucks running a, a tire, an MT or an XT that isn't spec'd for that weight. So you said you had it on a tw 2015 Ram 20, 2015 Ram 1500, 22 by 12, negative 44. So that brings me into my point. And I think people need to understand the difference between what the section width of the tire is and what the width Approved of the rim is. is. The section width of the tire is how, bit, how wide the tire is on a certain rim. I don't remember what rim they used to measure it but that's the width of the tire measured end to end, including sidewall of it mounted. The approved rim width is different and that's usually less than what the section width is. So like on 
the thirty-five, twelve, fifty, twenty XT. Do you have the approved rim width, Joe? Is that what you're pulling up? That's exactly what I was okay. about to look at. So yeah. the approved rim width is not up to twelve. So technically, even though it's a twelve-five wide tire, it's not approved for up to a twelve-inch wide wheel, and that is standard for most manufacturers. If you look, because it's not you're still stretching it because it's including the sidewall too. So you have to remember it's 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 the entire width of the tire including sidewall. So it's 12.5 inches wide and you're putting it on a tire on a, on a rim or a wheel that is also 12 inches wide. So you're so stretching it. It's too wide of a wheel. Eight and a half to 11 is the approved. So, you, so, so for a 35, 12, on, on the XT 20, specifically yeah. on the Trailblade XT 35, 12, 50, 20, eight and a half to 11. The approved rim width is eight and a half to 11. So the reason you probably had poor performance out of that tire. And again, I, I'm not here lecturing Anthony because I think no, it's, I'm glad he joined. This yeah, is awesome. I man. think it's this important really for a lot of people to know it. this. I'm not trying to lecture him and call him out, but we hear this a lot. And we, it's we're actually going to talk about this today anyways. Yeah, I actually have it in my yeah. notes in front of me already to talk about. So it's it's great that it came up because people and part of it is is just people don't understand. And yeah. I think a lot of the times, you know, you don't people know will buy stuff it. online and take it into a tire shop. And the tire shop isn't going to necessarily double check what you bought. And it's not even necessarily our dealers because you'll buy it online. You'll go to wherever and you'll look. So, I mean, I'm not even calling out the tire shops, but I'm saying as consumers, people, all this specs, all these specs, all this information is on our website. In our we catalog. try to keep, keep it up to it as much as much as we can. Yeah. And, and, and this is good because like, I'm, I'm sorry to cut you off, man. No, you're fine. Go for it. Oh, no. So, and, and, and like, so uh, usually when we do events um, and that's what one thing I like about events is that we get to talk to people, you know, face to face and, uh, uh, good things and, and you know it's a lot it's usually a lot of good things now um but earlier on it was little things here and there and a lot of that like yeah it's just things that they don't know that they shouldn't be on this vehicle because this this and this type of setup or something you know um thankfully the weight of his vehicle would be fine but it's just the width of the wheel uh it's a little too wide in that situation right that's why we like that's why i generally if you look a lot of the misapplication issues don't come from People like Jared with Subarus because they're light and they're using it for off-roading and yeah. they're running typically very narrow wheels because that's what people running off-roading things do. And you don't typically see that with people running Jeeps because they're running narrow wheels and the Jeeps are light vehicles. It's not a heavy truck. So you, you we see that very, very often in not only 1,500 trucks, but the heavier Three quarter one ton trucks because they're not looking specifically also also at, hear, that, hear, at that load rating. I, I hear a lot of times see people are like they tell you what they run and what they do, and even if it's out of spec, but that you know they'll tell us like, man, I ran this whatever and it runs fine, and and that's good because they probably maintenance some you know and whatnot. But and if you want to do that, that's your yeah. prerogative. But just know you're not going to get a warranty. It's claim one thing or another. It's yeah, you're you're not yeah. going to get you're not eligible for a warranty if you're running it as a as a misapplication, and you're not. You're not using it within spec, so you're doing what, it. You're doing so at your yeah, own yeah. risk. Like I see people but, with the boss on dualies all the time, and granted, it looks badass. Don't yeah. get me wrong. That's that's a that that's a good looking tire and to have MT on a big did. truck like that. But that's not a proper application. You're risking having thankfully damage the, to thankfully your Thankfully, the load though. Thankfully, his load and weight on the vehicle is like spot on. Yes, with Anthony's question about the fifteen hundred, he's within spec load wise. But I'm gonna. I'm switching over to load rating because that's just another thing we see. Yeah. People, especially flotation sizes on load those heavier ranges. trucks. 
which yeah, are typically not going to meet that load rating. And, and it's funny you bring about Jared about driving, and we're talking about, we're talking about we're, how we were talking about drivers earlier, uh, and at King of the Hammers when uh, we went out at nighttime to Chocolate Thunder to go take pictures. It was like 10, 11 at night or whatever. And um, so I had the, the our, our vehicle at first, and I get out there, and I'm like, yeah, man, I'm getting a st- I'm gonna get a stuck, so we're gonna go back. You know, it's not gonna. Oh, work. that sweet rental Cherokee we had. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It was like the rental. So uh, yeah, I don't think I had four by four. Definitely, uh, we didn't air anything down much. I don't think so. I don't believe. Oh, so. it was a rental. Yeah, Actually, exactly. no, no, we didn't. We did not take a rental out to the lake bed. Nope. Un- okay, unnamed, yeah, unnamed rental, rental company. <laughs> unnamed <laughs> rental was... company we used. <laughs> and uh, so I remember, I'm like, we're gonna get stuck, so we go back. And then Jerry's like, oh, we can make it, we can make it. And he took his Uber out there and he's driving and he's, you know, <laughs> snaking through, kind of hopping back and forth in between uh, 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 in between the sand. And I'm like, wow, that's actually a really nice way to advance. And I wouldn't have thought about this. You're not really just driving state and digging in, you know, you're kind of just like snaking and hopping along. And um, yeah, we made it out, made it chocolate thunder. And even, uh, even Edwin, we were sitting by his campfire. He's like, <laughs> take these radios because you're going to need them. <laughs> You guys are gonna get stuck. Edward was ready to take the ultra four out there and drag you guys back and pick us up. Dude. Oh yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was so funny because like you saw these massive trucks, you know, stuck in the it's sand. Super beefed up, dude. And this isn't even my off-road super. I have a daily driver uh 2005 uh, Outback XT that I took out, which is like street tires. <laughs> and, well, like um, it goes back. It's all about the weight of the vehicle. Like exactly, you're, you're super yeah. light. Exactly. So much lighter than the Jeep. And um, I, I think the weaving, you know, it, it helps too. Yeah, the driver. I mean, you know, I, I know Joe could drive too. It, it was like the Jeep just couldn't go anywhere. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're, you're giving, you're, hold on, hold on. You're giving Joe way too much credit. I've, I've been in a, in a, in the Jeep with Joe when he nearly drove off a cliff in Colorado. <laughs> oh, jeez. Cause he was, ta- oh, he no. was, he was taking pictures while trying to wheel. Oh no! Yeah. Joe doesn't trust yeah, was... Joe doesn't trust my photography skills, so he has to drive and hold bad. the camera out the window, and then put one wheel off bad, the edge of the road. Yeah, it was just great. And after that, after that, I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna have to start using stands a little more often." Because even the jeep, <laughs> the jeep in front of us, um, the guy as jumps I looked... out of his vehicle. He's like freaking out, dude. Like, I'm like, "Oh right. no, no, we're fine. He's just an idiot. We're good. Don't worry. Don't worry. It's okay." <laughs> From the shopping list, camera stands, yeah. okay, and five pairs of undies. Just in case. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I made sure to wear my brown pants that day, so we were okay. I looked over, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I think we're off the trail. Oh, okay, all right. Thankfully, it wasn't um, a big cliff. It was only about, this. like, a three-foot drop into a bush. So, like, there we, we weren't we, – we just destroyed that bush. You want to know what's funny? What rang through my mind um, uh, was some stuff that we listened to at Bantam by the Quadratech people. Uh, we do this thing called the uh, Ban- Babes of Bantam, and it's a trail ride, but I think like 100, uh, 100 Jeeps, um, women. And, and so this, this guy from Quadratech goes out there and he tells, you know, steer into the turns and this and that so you don't roll over and whatnot. And so I'm like, all right, dude, stay calm, cool, you got this. <laughs> you know, just do slow movements, back up on out. And that's what we did, just reverse right back onto the trail. and. yeah Yeah, exactly anthony and i i I do agree and and again this is not me calling out tire shops and like you said they are trying to make sales and do what they can and a lot of consumers come in and ask for that and i i don't know if you ask for it but they're probably used to that because people come in and they're like yeah i want to run a 12 inch wide and that's what that's what i want i want that look i want that whatever 
and then they're not going to it's they've they've learned that it's not worth the argument because the majority of consumers yeah. don't care about performance necessarily until the until it, until it starts performing badly they don't care they just want the look and want to get out the door so we are working that's one of the things we've been actually working on a little more now that we're off the road we've been working on kind of developing our dealer training program and getting that out to dealers and letting them know hey this is what you need to be be telling consumers and this is how these applications are are gonna go yeah and please reach out to us joe gave you the email there and yeah. we'll help you out we'll help you out with some some goodies or something so be sure That's to send us an email there i'm back in the office tomorrow and i'm going to be sending out a lot of goodies so and also everybody who's just coming through here and not staying we are giving away a boss knife later in the stream oh yeah uh so be sure to share the stream and tell your friends everybody get in here once we get around you know oh joe got the fancy one you're not getting oh, that sorry. one my bad. <laughs> Everyone's gonna think they're getting that now. That's a one. That's a one of a kind. I, know, I, know. I almost grabbed that one off my desk, and I thought I no, because you, you took that off my desk. What are you doing, stealing my oh, stuff? So yeah, sorry about that. I just I uh. So check this out. Now you got now you got coronavirus all over it. Thanks. Oh no. Yeah, uh, uh, Christian from Scap Sca Sca Alarms is the one that actually uh put that one together so share the stream get all your friends in here when we get up to like 25 viewers or so at some point really? we'll do another trivia question give away a boss knife those are valued at like 200 something dollars um yeah there it is the black one that's what you'll get i'll mail that out to the winner tomorrow so be sure to share the stream get as many people as you can in here once we get up to you know 20 25 people i'll call the giveaway we'll do a trivia question and i'll pick somebody so you're not going to get the American Edwin. I know wait, wait, wait. everybody asked for the American flag knife. I'm I knew sorry. This would happen. Joe, why, why did you? I, I purposely did not grab that one because everyone's going to want it. Let, let's give away more stuff. Well, here, here's, here's, my, here's my hope is that uh, with this, you can send it to Christian over at Scapel Arms, dude. And uh, maybe he'll make another one. So, yeah. um, we accidentally but share the stream. When we get up to 20 something viewers, over 20 to 25. We'll, we'll do that giveaway. So stay tuned, share it, get all your friends in here, get as many people in here as you can. And we're going to do the boss giveaway. Hopefully Joe doesn't cut himself over there before it happens. I'll make <laughs> sure. I'm going to send you a clean one. I'm not going to send the one he's over there manhandling. Oh, um, should, should I, speaking of cutting yourself, should I tell him about how I, how I stabbed myself on the lanyard? You got it. That's, that's too, too much of a gory story for this. This, <laughs> this, this family show. Um, that was terrible. So, I'm going to loop back very quickly to our misapplications as we finish that out here. Oh, yeah. The we've talked about section width versus rim width. Always make sh and, and choosing the proper load rating for your um choosing the proper load rating for your vehicle, whether it's a Jeep, a truck, whatever, make sure your load rating fits with your with your vehicle you're running. Look that up. It, it's it's not just ply rating. Ply rating is still used, but ply rating is generally an outdated measurement. It doesn't even, it's not even tr true. There's not even truly 12 or 10 or eight plies in the tire. That's not how tires are made anymore. So look at your load rating. Make sure it meets or exceeds your current load rating on your truck, the OEM standard. And then make sure the section width is approved for the rim you're running. And then once you get your tires, make sure you're running the proper PSI for your application. Like we talked about earlier in the show with Jeeps, you want to make sure your you can do the chalk test which i think is generally a good test if you have a lighter vehicle like a jeep or like jared has a subaru you, if you have generally a lighter vehicle 
the chalk test is good if you're having a heavier vehicle or a vehicle you tend to tow with. You're generally going to want to have a higher PSI. And to figure out the optimum PSI, you're going to want to step up to our PSI calculator, look at that, and that gives you a good starting point. And then you want to make sure you do, with any tires, ours or regardless, make sure you, you monitor your tires and how they're wearing. Because a lot of the times we get we get issues and people email us when it's too late. And if you reach out and show us pictures early on, we can help you mitigate that by telling you, Hey, you have to update your steering components. Hey, you have your alignments out of whack. Hey, you're got to change your tire pressure. There's ways we can do this before they're super worn down. And then we could have helped point you in the right direction. So it's have making sure all your components are also up to date because often tires are the symptom of something else you're, you're just seeing that because something else is worn so you want to make sure everything else is in spec and new and working as it should <laughs> Jim is new kind of white so, and Hugs the hand model. <laughs> we were talking about um we're talking about vehicle builds jared's build we're talking about the jeep so our latest build and what we just finished up here is our well not finished finished up the first stage of is the 2019 oh, Ford yeah. Ranger which anybody who actually knows me knows I'm a very big Ford person I got my Ford hat on that's that's backwards but a very big Ford person I I I just I always have been say what you will about Ford vehicles but that's just what I like so we just did we fit on there originally stock lift no lift the 265 70 17s yeah. these are granite alloy wheels with a plus 25 millimeter offset versus the factory um what was the factory plus 55 plus 55 millimeter offset oh, and these are 17 by eight and a halfs the factory ones are 17 by eights that, yeah that's what it was. so we fit these stock with basically no rubbing in the front there was very slight if i was like full locked backing over like a corner going uphill like basically you'd never get in a situation like that so now we just upgraded it we mentioned this last week but i got some pictures now we just upgraded it with the arb locker in the rear with the red arb heavy duty diff cover um fox 2.5 coilovers in the front and fox 2.5 shocks in the rear and then we got a two uh, an inch and a half lift block in the rear, so we basically have the equivalent of it's leveled at about three inches of lift, and you can fit a supposedly if you remove the intrusion bars. We also did BDS yeah, upper up, BDS upper control arms too. If you remove the intrusion bars in the front, because what Ford does is they have these crash bars very close around the tire, and that's what you rub which again, I'm not an engineer or crash safety expert, but if you remove those, which we may or may not have done and people on the internet do for sure, you can fit up to a 33, but we'd like to run, we'd like to run 35s or 37s. Yeah. And, uh, we may be doing some other stuff to do that courtesy of ADV fiberglass and ADD off-road bumpers, but that's soon to come. We're going to change out the bumpers change out some other other things that may or may not be going to fiberglass and you can guess what those are going to be and look at that uh, at right there man <clears throat> i mean uh, <laughs> see, i mean the at is a great looking tire but i mean it, it 
for what this truck is. It gets. I think that's the done. same tire, uh, uh, Jared. Isn't that what you ended up getting too? Right? It was the ATs? Yeah. Yeah, 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 sweet. It's yeah, the only yeah. one small enough for a Subaru. Yeah, I know that that's a study because, like, you know, with all these hard ranges and stuff, there's so many bolt-ons yeah. that things fit. Awesome bolt-ons. But I, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to get the good old Saza out. The Razor, one. there's surprisingly less bolt-ons than I would have thought in terms of aftermarket support. Yeah. I mean, there's a decent amount of stuff, but in terms of like there's a lot of stuff that's really expensive. I'll tell you that. There's a lot of stuff that there's not a lot of cheap stuff. There's not, there's not a lot of competition. I guess that's the word to use. So there, the prices generally haven't come down yet in terms of aftermarket parts. Like you look at stuff for the Jeep, there's so much competition. You can get everything from, you know, the cheapest rough country lift all the way up to a rock crawler long arm. And there's something for literally anybody in any budget. I mean, granted, those things aren't going to perform the same, but you have those options depending on what you do versus the Ranger. There's just not all that versatility yet i mean it's only been out in the u.s with this body style for two years now so i'm hoping there's going to be more and i think it's funny that the 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 ranger's so light so these tires i'm running them with just just about 30 psi in them because the ranger's so light and that's what ford specs them at you could probably honestly based on my chalk testing go a little lower if you wanted to and the rear which is a leaf spring has one single leaf and a helper leaf. And I've, I've never seen a truck that light with just a single leaf spring in the back. <laughs> what's, 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 what's fun is actually a little history on the AT, dude. Um, when we uh, used to do more of the uh, short course uh, uh, motorsports racing and stuff, like the Dinsmores, they, they know a couple racers. And um, they've actually used the, uh, uh, the AT on some of the shorter buggies for racing. Obviously, Didn't some of the off. buggies use the 610 and groove it too? But they do good. Yeah, the ATs, XTs, MTs, um, and, and the 610s even, actually. So, yeah, that's the that's what's going on now. I got two pallets sitting in the warehouse of parts to go on that. And like I said, you can guess what those are going to be. And uh, some KC lights and some Baja Designs lights and some other fun stuff. So picture that in your head. And hopefully soon <laughs> at the next show, we'll have some. Uh, we we'll will also have, have some. We'll have some runs of uh, uh, Jared hanging out with some Ranger crews or Raptors, uh, Ren- the Raptor crews. Renee, the 35-12-50-18XT for Rangers, I believe Ooh. that is technically a different Ranger because even though the new one More like Hilux looks, or- looks similar. Yeah, well, Hilux, so Ford, I believe, someone will correct me. I'm sure George is waiting to correct me on something in there. He's not. I'm sure George is waiting to correct me on my international oh, yeah, vehicle not knowledge. Really? But... <laughs> Um, I'm pretty sure the international version of the Ranger are slightly different. How, how like the, uh, what was I guess? How like the, in Australian stuff, they have the Ranger Raptor. I believe the Rangers are slightly different overseas and they have a different suspension setup. So you may be able to clear 35s. I'll tell you for a fact, you're not going to clear 35s on this stock. Yeah, because we, we got the the ones that we have right now are like 31 and a half, I believe. And that was with the intrusion bars in. And if you hypothetically took the intrusion you can, bars out. You can with, you can with some hy- hypothetical lots of cutting. Lots of cutting. You can fit 35s with a three-inch level in the front with, with a aftermarket bumper stock fenders. You could fit 35s with hypothetical cool, cutting. Though, dude. 35, 12 and a half, 18s. Well, you know what? That's exactly what we're going to have to try on next. And then and again, everybody, that, everybody in the comments still, uh, there's own there's, yeah. you need more viewers in here. Invite your friends, share the stream on your Facebook, share it, 
yeah. tell people to join and share people who share and comment and all this will be entered to win a we'll do a boss knife giveaway yeah. and on top of that we're going to give away a bunch of other stuff but it only works giving this stuff away if we have a lot of people in here commenting and engaging so share get your friends in here and we will do more giveaways um might give away some more of those windbreakers that we gave away on instagram this week i'm feeling pretty generous I think we give away some of some of those windbreakers. Probably it's a good time of year to do that. Everyone's Actually, going that could out. Be a great time to give away a windbreaker. Yeah. Everyone's well, going out. I just I just asked stuff. a quick question to Renee, because uh, so on the 35, 12 and a half, 18s, I see how wide are the wheels and what offsets. You know, um, that that'd be interesting to know because that'd be the next thing we need to try on ours. So, uh, what I'm sensing here is next time during SEMA, we're gonna race my WRX against the Ranger. Well, well, first we're gonna have it in the booth outside on top of that rock ramp. <laughs> no, 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 Jared. Jared, the Ranger is gonna be the photography chase vehicle for King of the Hammers next year. Ah, oh, sweet. Oh, that, that that reminds us. Should we should we talk about King of the Hammers? Um, yeah, yeah we can. We let's go into that briefly. I do. I do want to get into a few of the news topics I have oh, pulled in here eventually. But let's let's go into King of the Hammers for a little bit and then because we've covered pretty much everything else I wanted to cover before we jump into the news. So let's we'll talk about King of the Hammers, and then we'll kind of jump into a few of the, the news topics. Oh, yeah. For, first year first year at King of the Hammers, for anybody who hasn't gone, absolutely insane. Okay. Like, Do it. Go. Yeah. Go. Find time. Oh, yeah. Even if, even if you don't go the whole week, because I know it's hard to, to go the whole week, um, go – and just just go go out there go for the race day go for that weekend see the race it is don't and don't go with the expectation of you're going to have the same viewer experience as on stream because it is not necessarily the easiest spectator sport to attend because it That's is so spread out Jeep. yeah go and <laughs> the rental jeep has showed us that yeah go <laughs> go and rent go out there and either bring your own or rent like a razor or side by side you'll have a great time but or, or hold on, just screw the side by side. Just buy a crappy Subaru, five hundred bucks on Craigslist, and bring that. <laughs> and bring the title, and then when you get stuck, just leave it in the glove box. Yeah, there is. Oh, oh the gambler race was, it was so oh, funny. <laughs> you know, you take a five hundred dollar car, and these people were jumping so high. I have some photographs on my Instagram. Uh, but <laughs> you know, like four feet in the air. And I remember at the end of the day, seeing all these cars <laughs> collapse struts. So much fun. <laughs> it's probably the, the only event I've ever been to where I've been super thoroughly entertained throughout the entire week. So, you know, you have every genre of racing, basically. And then at nighttime, everybody comes up and um, takes their own rigs and rock crawls. So you can watch all that. And it's just like a huge yeah. line of rock crawlers. I mean, first first day I was there, I saw two rollovers. One person rolled on top of another vehicle. That was insane. I was in yeah. somebody else's Jeep, and we wound up breaking an axle. Um, and uh, the tie rod, the or the, the steering rod, so much fun. You know like, what? Here's what I'm going to do. Everybody watching live, tag two friends in the comments right now, and I will pick somebody to get an Aturo windbreaker. So, tag two of your friends in the comment section. We'll pick uh, we'll pick one person for now to get an Aturo windbreaker, and uh, we'll do that. You can see pictures of it on our. Um, Instagram because we just gave one away. So if you want to win one of those jackets, they're not they're not for sale. They're not for sale anywhere right now. They may be, but they're not right now. 
So if you want something that's not for sale that you can't get anywhere else for the time being, tag two friends in the comment. You'll get a gray Turo Tires windbreaker. Um, so be sure to tag two friends right now. Um, so, so yeah, so King of the Hammers is, we, we touched a bit on this last week because Edwin was on the show, obviously. So we had to talk about King of the Hammers. Oh, yeah, but true, true. King, King, it was my first year as well. And I think it is absolutely incredible. The fact that you can go and, oh, wow. James tagging three James friends. James is on going it, above and beyond. But I guess one was Jared, so it doesn't count. Uh, oh, oh, hey, no, hold on. It, it's, that's yeah, I'm I didn't say who. I'm out. I'm out of the stream. That's true. <laughs> um, but like, like I said, uh, King of the Hammers is definitely a, a a crazy experience. But go prepared. You're gonna be tired. You're gonna be wore out. But go prepared to have a blast and go see it. Is there anything else you want to talk about from that weekend, Jared or Joe? <laughs> uh, just that. It was it was definitely Mad Max, you know. It's like its own. I mean, like they say, it's its own city. Everybody's camping. Okay. Everybody has these like super wrecked vehicles, like caged up, destroyed. And it was funny because like with my Outback, I sort of thought I was gonna get stuck too. Um, and so I just kept hitchhiking and all these people's builds. So much fun. But just seeing like the rock crawling, and then they had these like razor test drive things. So just you know driving through the desert through the whoops with these razors. Um, showing showing joe up with my subaru that's that was pretty great um and then and then i remember joe you're talking about like the night stuff i mean the night stuff you know because that's that's a lot of fun actually dude it's very dangerous from the the airbnb so i went back (laughs) i went back early to the airbnb to to edit some photos and get some photos uploaded because you have no internet out there so i went back early to the airbnb that night and these two were out doing the rock crawling or like watching people rock crawl and I could see the mountain from the Airbnb, whatever, probably at least two miles away, maybe more in the desert. I could just see the little trail of lights going up the hill. It was, it's just, it's crazy. <laughs> it's definitely like, there's, there's no other event like that, I think, out there right now. And I think King of the Hammers, even between last year and this year, in terms of yeah. production quality and awareness of the event, has gone up dramatically. And I think it's just going to increase. So oh, yeah. props and- for. Props for all those companies who have, who got on early with them to sponsor that event and took the risk yeah. on, like goes back to risk taking, taking that risk on that event early on and reaping the benefits now, just reaping the benefits now from being a sponsor of something like that. And props to sharing that Airbnb. Uh, for, <laughs> <laughs> you know what though, man, at least it was very, very close. It was what, like a few minutes within, cause all the local hotels. So last year we went and we stayed at a hotel cause that's the, you know, the usual thing you're used to. And uh, it was like a 45 minute drive in, at least an hour plus traffic and stuff. So uh, it, it, was, it was a bit of a drive in. And then with this right there, it was like, you're super close. Like even that last night when they had that live concert and stuff, you know, and it was a smash mouth and whatnot. And uh, that was pretty cool, man. So at the end of the night, like on the drive out, you're not so, because uh, it's a very long, dark road to drive <laughs> like 45 minutes out. Um, but at least at the Airbnb, that was still kind of a little, you know, every time we would pass the, the entrance on the way in and then you'd come back and, you know, whatnot. Uh, All right, so winner of the windbreaker, Pat Carroll, you tagged two people and you said you're going to run the bosses on your Bronco. Uh, You asked for dealers in the San Diego area. Uh, I believe we do. Go to atero.com slash dealer locator, put in your zip code, (laughs) and it will find a local dealer for you. Um, That goes to anybody. If you're looking for your local Atero dealer, atero.com 
and go to our dealer locator page. We have authorized online dealers and in-person dealers. But, Mr. Pat Carroll, you are the new owner of Natura Windbreaker. I will message you either tonight after yeah. the show or tomorrow, tomorrow morning, to get your shipping information and sizing. I'll message you on Facebook, so watch out for that. Check your message requests because sometimes it won't come through. And I will message you and get that windbreaker shipped out to you tomorrow. Congratulations, sir. We're going to do that again. So be sure to keep tagging your friends and sharing it. People who tag their friends and share the stream will have a higher chance of having me pick you for swag. And especially for the boss knife later, which I have to come up with a trivia question for the boss knife. I would like to hook up Mr. James, man, because he's been on too. And obviously like helped design this poster, which is like, I'm I'm pretty fond of it. (laughs) But is he located in the U.S.? Jared. No, that's what sucks, James. Hold on. He's in Canada. <laughs> okay, oh, okay. So Canada cool. might not be too bad with shipping. Let not me... too hard. Yeah, it's not too yeah hard. I, don't think, I don't think it's too bad. I mean, he's pretty close <laughs> to America. He's, he's in the half of America. It's, I ship I to the border. You pick up there. <laughs> James, I'll send you I'll send you a windbreaker as well. Yeah, but like, let me okay. get with the powers that be tomorrow and see how we're going to figure out shipping for that. I'll message you. And it may not be a windbreaker. We may do something smaller that I can fit in a smaller box, depending on shipping. But we'll get you yeah. some sort of swag because you've been here the whole time. You've been hanging out. You've been tagging people. So uh, let me know. Uh, let me know your address. I'll message you tomorrow or tonight, and I'll look at look with the powers that be in terms of shipping, and try to get you a uh, so we can do a cheap deal. No, I'm gonna send you swag. Don't don't tell me not to. I'll message you. <laughs> oh yeah, I'll send them swag. So uh, I'll send them like broken Subaru parts or something. I don't know. Um, Jared wanted to talk about too, because he's in video games and the big thing right now, obviously that's blowing up all over in terms of the motorsports world is iRacing, which doesn't really necessarily compete with BMG. Cause it's, it's kind of a different type of game. You guys don't do direct like racing like that. Correct. Yeah. So there's, there's no multiplayer and um, yeah, so they're not competition. I love, I love their uh, their video game too. It's great, great simulation. Um, but yeah, the realism, so... the realism. So I guess exactly, that that, yeah. that comes up to the, the the big the big the bombshell from this week is NASCAR driver Kyle Larson was suspended after using a racial slur during an iRacing race, which resulted in him actually getting fired from Chip Ganassi Racing, fired from the team, suspended from NASCAR. Likely seems as if his career is over. And I guess this brings up the not necessarily the ramifications, but the realism of this racing, both, you know, in terms of sense of the physics and in real world ramifications. Well, what's crazy, too, is I I think he got banned from iRacing for that, too, like completely banned off their platform. Yeah, I think he's banned from from most things. I did see um, they're one of the dirt leagues. The Dirt Late Racing Sprint Car League said he could continue to race with them if he underwent their like sensitivity training or some some well, some sort of cor- course me, put through them to show that he has like this isn't Call of Duty gaming on your Xbox, you know? Yeah, like, come on, and, and which is which goes back to the point is this is realistic and people are facing real world consequences. Do you guys think I racing? Do you think we'll go back to real racing? Yeah, so 
as, as I see it, I think this whole coronavirus, a lot of the digital stuff is going to stick. So like a lot of people working at home, you know, these, these companies are realizing how well it works. And I think it's going to be the same with these racing organizations as they're going to see how well online racing works because it's, it's so cheap compared to actually having a race. Oh, and you know, in, in terms between, of how, in terms of how even the playing field is the cost to entry. I mean, who was it uh, a week ago, two weeks ago when it was either a week or two weeks ago when Timmy Hill won the iRacing race. And he was using a, a, a like a like a twenty twenty four inch monitor and a Logitech uh, racing wheel, and that's what he won with. And these guys have multiple thousand dollar rigs and like sim sim rigs, and they didn't win. And he, <laughs> he him and NASCAR, he's a very underfunded NASCAR team. They're racing with with Cup cars that are several years old. So in terms of him being able to run up front, you're you're leveling the play, playing field massively, especially for these underfunded teams. Yeah, and, and it's funny about that, too, because that always goes back to just, just practice. You don't have to have the best equipment. You know, a lot of people are like, I need the newest Fanatic wheel to, to win this. But no, it's just about the skills. It's about the practice. Oh, and, and, and people, companies reached out to him and wanted to give him a, a full sim setup, sponsor him. And he said, no, I like what I have. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, that, that's awesome. So humble. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, so a lot of people, a lot of, I, th I think a lot of racing is going to go more digital. Um, but the problem with that is everybody's going to see it more and you're a lot more comfortable at home compared to the race car, which is, I, I think that's how he slipped up because he's like, I'm in my house. Yeah. I probably game anyways. Exactly. You know, I was he was talking to his friends, but didn't have the mic muted. And I think so we're going to see a lot more of that where like people's personal, yeah. whatever is going to come out because people are so much more comfortable. Don't realize their mics on their camera because in a race car, you know, you're being recorded. Whatever you say is going to be on the news. But when you're at home in your living room, it just doesn't feel like that. But um, it so still think... is. You're still in front of the camera. Exactly. Yeah. So so you are. You're in front of you know probably way more viewers because it's such an interesting thing. I'm, hmm. I'm sure a lot of people watch the digital NASCAR race compared to the uh, to the real life one just because of you know it's different. Um, so yeah, we're definitely going to see a lot more of that. I think a lot more bigger competitions like esports is going to yeah. merge with real life sports in, in the racing area. I, I could see that happening. And you know what we need to do? We need to get Edwin to race on Beam and G. It's funny you ask, cause that's actually who was just asking me a couple, a couple of days ago. I was talking with him uh, that he wanted to play it, but the computer he had, he needed to add some stuff to it or whatever. <laughs> yeah. It was a little uh, okay. slow. You said, right? Yeah. Uh, you, you sp speaking of like computer setups, the setup that we had at SEMA, we had the controller hooked up to it. Um, and, and at least I feel that with a controller, that was like a step up versus, you know, just a mouse and, and keyboard on this, on this kind of game. Cause Colin at work, remember you tried on the, the keyboard and stuff. And Oh, I mean, yeah. And it just goes back to right, per works, personal. But... It goes back to personal preference too. Cause yeah. I mean, racing games in general are harder on a mouse and keyboard because you don't have the same type of input as you would even on a controller yeah. or, or a wheel. Um, but I, I don't know. I'd, I'd like to, and then a steering wheel probably, right? Mm -hmm. I'd like to play yeah. devil's advocate. I don't think, I don't think we're gonna go full esports in terms of racing. I think it's gonna come back. I think it may. I think it may open the door to more of this. In the, like, I think they're gonna live in harmony for a while because yeah. you still have the very hardcore racing fan base that goes to these events. Like, I mean, people who go to the Daytona 500 in person aren't going to want to watch it played virtually. People who go to Crandon for the race aren't going to want to watch it virtually. Whoa. Hold on, hold on. Now you're talking about just the race itself, but now 
the race itself, obviously people would want to stream and, and watch online and whatnot, but the, to have that people interaction part of the vehicles, that's like, you know, the after, like the interviews and the yeah. podium finishes and whatnot, that's maybe what, what they probably could use. Yeah, I, I think yeah. I think there's still enough of a fan base. Like, I mean, NASCAR has been dying for a long time, but I think there's still enough of a fan base to justify an in-person race. But I think what's going to be more interesting is um, – Fauci and the White House have, have said that likely professional sports will come back sooner than later, but without fans in the stands. So the question is, are these sports teams, especially NASCAR, going to see it worthwhile to put on a race with no fans in the stand versus put on a virtual race? That well, I think I, I, that that I think is a bigger question. I think it's going to be a lot of both, you know, because yeah. they're going to want to train anyways. So they're probably just going to all train together. So then you'll have a digital race and then the real race. You know, it'd be funny to correlate. And this is maybe kind of weird or funny or whatever, but um, uh, <laughs> when those races happen and beer sales, <laughs> like alcohol yeah. sales. <laughs> yeah. Beer companies are like, let it happen. Let the people be there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I think it's it's interesting nonetheless. We'll see where we'll see where iRacing goes, but it is interesting to see kind of how that has crossed into the real world with Kyle Larson. You know, God God bless him on whatever journey he ends up on now, and hopefully he figures figures something out. And it, it it's it's sad to see somebody's career ended like that. I'm not gonna go into if if it should have or it shouldn't have happened, but I mean, sad nonetheless to see somebody's career end up like that because of a a stupid mistake a clear clearly maybe a mistake whether or not you know people are saying oh he got caught and that's what he would that's what he thinks anyway but everyone's been in the heat of the moment and said something they regret but we'll see hopefully he lands back on his feet doing something but uh do, do we play any car games on ps4 i personally do yeah, not i have a i have an xbox one that collects dust mainly and i have a pc and mainly just play wow. call of duty and Warzone these days so that's about my, it but my xbox one used to collect a lot of dust but lately it's been collecting a lot of just dance uh jam sessions <laughs> oh yeah yes so physical well you know it's gonna be interesting <laughs> and I'm the, whole, the whole vr thing with uh you know vr getting big especially with racing simulators virtual reality works so well with the racing sims yeah. uh, i you know what's interesting i looked at buying an oculus when this all started like just just the standalone one, the the cheaper standalone one, just to play around with, because I I bought the the 3D printer that you could see running behind me because I I'm just tinkering now because I'm stuck at home and need something to tinker with on my off hours. So, but I was gonna buy an Oculus because I'm like, oh, that'd be fun, something for the whole family to do, play around with that. Just just you play around with the basic games, the ones where you do the 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 sword slicing things like that. Just you know to keep us busy. They're all sold out. I everyone had the same idea. Well, maybe I should sell my extra right now. Yeah. Prices are probably high. James um, says the current audience may tune yeah. in, but I think for digital sports, there will be a whole new untapped audience. Get yeah, some ads dude. for games and hardware, whole new big dollar industry. I, I Yes, I, I agree. And I've said yeah. esports is an emerging industry for the long time, a long time, but I think esports will continue to be emerging regardless. But I think the question is, will it overrun or overtake the main the main market because we're in a place now with social distancing and all this i think it's opening the door i think regardless esports are going to continue yeah. to grow especially with the 
that. Excuse think me. Eat, eat everything, man. Yeah, the publicity eat, they've eat gotten now. Well, it's crazy how much these streamers, you know, how many views they get. I mean, I just know the Beam and G side. You know, there's people that make just Beam and G videos, and there's there's almost there's about like three one million view videos yeah. every month on Beam and G, yeah. which is absolutely insane for viewership. What I love about the Beam and G part is just that you can actually, um, <laughs> sorry, I'm laughing. you can actually break stuff, but it's in a game, so you're not, you know, <laughs> real breaking stuff. It's funny because you know. It it's <laughs> it's a legit simulator and yeah. then uh, we're like oh crap everybody's just using it to crash and that's what it's famous for but then you know i get home and i just crash even, the vehicle even the tire flex remember the tire flexing over like just so realistic and like oh man that's that's sweet um, oh exactly i mean so on the topic of bmng i'm going to yeah. tell everybody in the uh everybody in the comments to go bother jared and bmng to put <laughs> the Aturo tires hopper in the game yeah. everybody bother them on social media and tell them that you want the Aturo tires hopper in the game oh crap if i'm gonna be harassed i, I, I get to put in my plug of oh add, add me on instagram I like put, jared I, I the power of the internet yeah oh exactly yeah but bug me bug me on instagram or whatever whatever questions and i can't talk about secrets in, in the industry but i i could, I could definitely answer some questions you know jared yeah. samuelson on instagram um i know yeah it was, it was so it was so much fun doing that collaboration with the Turo. and um one of my yeah. favorite parts of just seeing the people in person just like well i know you guys from the internet like can i have a selfie and i'm like ah you know i feel i feel famous um but uh it was really great making a lot of people happy especially people who didn't know about the game and they're just like freaking out about it and just <laughs> seeing their faces you know just, uh, it was just so nice making people making people happy uh it was super great collaboration um i guess i, I could talk a little bit about how the physics work in bmg and like why it's so realistic of crashing and everything if you want me to go into that yeah let's go into and, that let's go yeah. into that briefly just just on a high level because i think if we go too in depth we might we might lose some people in terms of mm. Un oh, yeah. understanding only a 3D artist. wait until you hear the programmers talk i'm just like yeah uh, i don't know I'm, I'm gonna give you pretty vehicles that's why you don't that's why you don't send the engineers out to trade shows we keep them locked away <laughs> yeah oh exactly um yeah so the, the physics engine is very interesting because um uh, you know how so structural analysis and cad programs work so it's like a lot of a lot of little beams and so beam and g well i only i got the shirt yeah Oh, uh, you can see you can see the structure. Everything's made out of triangles. Yeah. yeah, and each node or point is like a hinge. But the the secret is the uh, the beams. So based on how you program the beams, you could simulate pretty much any material. So the beams they have energy absorption. So when it collapses, it'll absorb some energy and then pass energy onto the other beams. Um, and then when it rebounds, it could only rebound a certain amount. So like metal, you know, if you crush it, it'll rebound some. It'll absorb some energy but it'll only come out, you know, so far. Um, or tires, like if it if it squishes, it'll squish, but Flex, rebound yeah. completely. Um, and then shocks are, you know, once it, it'll take that force and absorb a bunch of it until you bottom out and then it'll send those forces up. And so all, all these things are made out of, uh, out of triangles and, you know, because it works pretty much the same way as, uh, you know, structural simulation. Keep in mind, I'm a 3D artist, so I might be missing a few things. Uh, I'm not I'm not one of the physics programmers, but so the forces um, come up from the tire. So say you're turning uh, the forces will come up from the tire into the uh, into the uh, air pressure simulation and the forces will go around the tire into the rim and then from the rim, it'll go into the A arm and into the shock and then those forces 
will go into the body structure and move those. But the great way about doing this, so say you jump your car and you have all those forces going through the tire, just like in real life. If you have too much, you're going to pop your tire, just like real life, or bend your rim. Those forces will go through the tire, into the rim, um, and then into the shock. The shock will absorb all the energy it can until it bottoms out, and then it'll push the chassis so you can actually bend your chassis. <laughs> and that's the interesting thing about BMG is all these vehicles have to be really engineered like they are in real life so if you miss if you put a suspension point in the wrong area it'll act like that or if the, the frame isn't strong enough in one of the areas it'll it'll really react like that and so it's definitely you know that's what i love about it is i feel like i'm learning a ton about engineering and how how the structural forces and how everything interacts while doing this job where any any other video game it's a lot more programmed or a lot more fine so generally how the it works is uh, you have pixel based. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, these other physics engines are great and they also have their benefits, um, but they generally, you know, they have the box, the car and the programming just tells it to turn this way or this way. And then, it, you know, through the tires, it's like, oh, OK, well, this much slip here at this angle, that type of stuff. So with our video game, the forces go up and interact through the uh, through the vehicle, just like in real life. And that's how you get the actual deformation and that's why the video game supports like jumping really well like when you jump and you land and then the force you know squish the tire and damage the right things and then we have stuff on top of that that's that's programmed so your drive shaft could break if your axle moves too far too far from the differential or too close it'll snap your drive shaft um, or you could puncture your gas tank puncture your radiator the radiator fluid you know will eventually leak out overheat um like bent that. tie rods and it'll it'll react just like a real bent tie rod and so because it's all a physics sandbox, everything reacts realistically. It's not all fine programmed in as in like everything's finely tuned. Like, okay, the car's gonna turn this much at this speed. It's more, well, it's engineered this way, but there, here's the traction on the tires. The tire forces will interact with the body and that's what makes it turn. So a very different approach to how vehicle physics work, like really, really different. And especially the terrain, not like the vehicle itself, but the terrains and how it interacts with the terrains and they recognize the different uh, structures, like how the map kind of showed or how the map does show. Um, and we, when you guys did the demo at SEMA, uh, was, I believe it was a five minute time limit to accomplish the map. Uh, and you had uh, 12, 12 checkpoints that you had to go through. And, you know, you had uh, you know, rocks and, and wood and different channels and lanes that you had to hit. Uh, and there was a couple, it was funny because you had a couple of times where it was like a father and son or, you know, um, two people helping each other, like one person driving to them and kind of telling them what lanes to take and whatnot. Like it's pretty much how it would be in real life when someone's driving and you're kind of helping them to, to get through the rocks and get over everything, you know? So I think the realism, just how it interacts with them is like definitely spot on, man. Oh yeah, and it was so much fun seeing that, just the interaction between the people. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's kind of hard to tell you how realistic the, the physics are without you actually seeing it. It'd definitely be, you know, if you're interested, look it up on YouTube, just BeamNG crashes. If you want to Do see you it have any more of those BeamNG codes, Jared? Um, try. no, no, yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's funny yeah. I didn't know if you had any leftover from SEMA still. Yeah. I, I might have one or two. I got to check, uh, uh, my, my SEMA, uh, uh, package. Um, because you guys, you guys gave me a few to give to off-roaders and stuff. So that's kind of what I was saving them for. Cool. Yeah. So Maybe we'll do a giveaway with on Instagram with one of those if we can come up with yeah. one. Um, I think we, we, that'd be a good one to, to do. Yeah. So back to uh, back to the news and things developing and kind of on the topic of you guys were talking about jumping from racing to 
again, I'm going to preface this story with we, we don't hey. condone any any of this that we're about to discuss, but two people have broken the cannonball run again, which was just oh, broken wow. in November. And the title of the article is uh, courtesy of Jalopnik is jerks yeah. use coronavirus to break illegal cross country cannonball record. That is pretty smart thinking though on their part. Dude. Because they had genius. no traffic and no police yes. and nobody on the road. So do you think this should be a legitimate run? Cause there's a lot of talk Ooh. and uh, debate on if their run should actually count or not. Well, they actually got to, you have to get fuel here and there. So their fuel up points is what I would maybe question. Um, and then, yeah, as long as they minimized activity with others. Well, I, I, I don't think necessarily even condoning it because they didn't social distance, but yeah. is it a legitimate competitive Compared run because they're just taking advantage of a situation that isn't versus actually using skill to skill or money or whatever it is? Yeah. Should that be allowed in terms of yeah. be counting as as a run? Uh, like hey 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 hey, I I think man yeah I I, it's pretty smart you know it's pretty smart you gotta give him credit. <laughs> I know they're gonna smart. have to wait for the next one. The apocalypse <laughs> happens. Okay, now everybody is not going out. There's no police. <laughs> oh, that would be horrible. Actually, this entire everyone's like run it. What's like yeah, anything? <laughs> run across the country. Um, beat the record. Opportunities. A lot. Of, a lot of opportunity has to do with timing and acting on certain situations and. You know, they made the, the, I don't know if it's the best, but they made you know, a smart call on the situation. Yeah, I mean, it's they, they, they definitely, you got to give it to them for taking advantage of what was given to them in terms of making it work. I, I don't know if it should still be counted or not because it's definitely uh, extent, extenuating circumstances. That yeah. And I mean, is, is anyone going to be able to break this now? Because... I think they broke the previous record by like 45 minutes or something. It it's, wasn't close. It was, they smashed it. Kind of cool that they did it then. So that does let you know to have that very, you know, without this and then just this by itself. So you kind of have like, you know, measuring and seeing the extremities on things. Yeah. What's interesting is they, the, now the whole big thing of people running this is these kind of sleeper cars. So they ran it in that Audi in the picture. That's what they, uh, ran. they don't run okay. it in uh was I it? A, none of the James, none of the runs are sanctioned anymore. There's no, there's oh. no cannonball is not sanctioned at all because of it being illegal. So nothing is technically a quote unquote official run because these all, all these runs supposedly happened. Um, but the, as far as I'm aware, the last one wasn't sanctioned and they have not been sanctioned for some time because of just legality. So, but whoa. My bad. I okay. grabbed the wrong window on the stream. Sorry, everybody. Um, in terms of, in terms of, I don't know. In terms of legitimacy, I don't know if it should count or not. But, um, yeah. The next, next thing here is the on the topic of Ford and Ford trucks. For the Ford F one fifty AT forty four, according is the, uh is the best way to make cage fighting snow angels is the headline from Autoblog. <laughs> I don't understand what a cage fighting snow angel is, but that's a pretty badass looking truck. 
So it's a super, I mean, just the tires on this thing are, are gnarly. I don't, I don't even know what those, what those are, but. Holy smokes, that thing. How much does a truck weigh? Like, I, I kind of, because I feel like a Ford is pretty heavy. Um, I don't know. Four the tire five. size, Joe, guess what? Those are 475 70 17s. My beasts are what kind of 475 wide. Uh, developed between Arctic Trucks and Nokian. It's a special size. Good thing they got them fenders like that, man, because that's the one thing about all the snow, sand, dirt, mud. Getting each hood, the, the tire side. size. So the rotating mass of each tire before the rim is 154 pounds. Holy sh- back to the whole steering and components and suspension and everything. Oh, huge savings on a truck. But this thing is, what do you even use this thing for? Yeah, it's uh, to look awesome. <laughs> and, and, and I really like the uh, adjustable air pressure, like the air pressure lines. Yeah, going the, out the lines wheel. coming out of it, so you can air up on the fly or air down as as you need. My them. other question is, I thought, is isn't it? Don't you generally want a skinnier tire for the snow? Depends. Like if it's that much snow, you're like a skinny tire, so you could get to the bottom and then get traction. But like in Antarctica or like deep in the snow in Alaska, you're not going to make it. You're going to be bottomed out. So the other option is just go so big. <laughs> so big to disperse in. that weight. Just can't go in. So it's a 46 inch. Uh, have just one Ford listed the 350 that can be fitted with either 35 inch or 43 inch Nokian tires. Build as a That's rare build from Iceland, probably the only one. The company first uh, publicized its effort with a light duty, full size American pickup truck. Yeah, that thing is gnarly. That's, that's just dead. Exactly. Yeah, float on See, top of it. Yeah. I just wonder, like, who's who's who? Are you, who's buying these? And like, is that uh, one guy with a cabin in the middle of nowhere? Where you're like, why would you live out there? Yeah, who's, all of those air down, nice and nice and. Nice. Yeah, they got those air down nice, things on yeah. there. Yeah, but it's like who 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 is buying this thing? So where was this at too, right? That's a high lux, yeah. Nice. It's some I I think it's I think it's a Swedish company, maybe is what I read. So somewhere somewhere, yeah. somewhere like that, I, I believe. We'll go back after we watch a little bit. Somewhere remote and awesome where you can do cool stuff like that. Yeah, somewhere you can do cooler stuff. Like we don't have this in America. <laughs> oh man, I don't know. Arizona, you got enough sand, it's almost oh, the same yeah. thing. But it's like this, that is just, an, that is just gnarly. I don't know what the, yeah, look at that thing go. You should throw those on your Ford Ranger. Just, just toss them <laughs> on. 40, 44s, 475 wide. That is, that is gnarly. That is stupid. Can I get that with the Trailblade Boss? That <laughs> yeah, wide? Joe, everybody, we, we thought the wide boss was wide. I don't know what we're doing. You're gonna have to have like four knives. In the four seventy-five or nothing, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> well, we have been. I mean, we've been making wider stuff, you know, to cover some of the the the, the wider, uh, twelve to fourteen inch wide uh, uh, wheels in some cases, I believe. Dang, yeah. Too bad I don't have my Subaru community. I'd be like, oh, you gotta bombard them with making Subaru tires. And staying <laughs> staying on the tropic of Ford trucks, because I guess this coincidentally. When the guy who makes the stream the stream schedule is a Ford guy, I guess that's what you end up with. Coincidentally, yeah. um, the Ford Bronco has been officially de- or the Bronco Sport has production has been officially delayed due to coronavirus. 
Yeah, I was, I was really looking forward to that. I know, man. Simo would have been... The escape-sized off-roader will start rolling off assembly lines. This is reported by Automotive News. We'll start rolling off assembly lines in their Mexico plant starting on September 7th, nearly 60 days after the original July 13th target start date. Ford declined to comment confirming on this, saying they don't discuss future projects. Huh. Just what do you what do you guys think of this thing, the sport? I mean, I guess it's it's escaped. It's based off the escape chassis. Is it going to? Is I mean, I think technically this is supposed to compete with like the smaller jeeps, like the Cherokees and like the Patriots of the world. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it because, well, I mean, any company that really makes an off road based vehicle is really nice because I see a lot of them. You know, they're like, oh, look at this crossover. That's an off-road crossover. But then, then you look at the suspension and you're like, eh, Well, is this know, really going to be off-road, though? It's based off an escape. I wouldn't call an escape an off-road vehicle. Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen the escape suspension either. Um, I don't know. Maybe it'll beef up some of the suspension there. We'll, we'll have to see. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. It'd be exciting to see. Do you know if it's all-wheel drive or four-wheel drive? I believe this is It's supposed to be all-wheel drive. Ah, okay, yeah. I, I believe know. the bron- the regular the the big Bronco, not the sport, the actual full size one, is going to be four wheel drive with a transfer case because they're marketing that one as the Wrangler Killer, which we talked with Edwin about this last week. Will be well, yeah, we'll we'll see if that actually happens. I think it's an uphill battle for Ford. I don't think they're incapable of doing it, but I think they're going to have to spend a lot of money and get a lot of aftermarket support and get a lot of these companies on board to start making parts for it if they seriously want to be a competitor. Yeah, I mean, the Ford Raptor was nice, but, you know, Expensive. the Ford Raptor seemed pretty successful. Expensive, though. That's the other problem with with a lot of Ford. I mean, the Ranger's expensive. We talked about that last week. Every Ford vehicles are expensive right now, and vehicles in general are expensive right now. Oh, yeah. They have to they have to figure out a way to, I mean, even the Jeep's expensive, so. But the advantage with the Jeep is it's been around for so long. There's a good used market, so you can get into the culture without dropping 40-something grand on a brand-new Rubicon. Mm-hmm. And, and that's always the problem with newer vehicles, too, is you have to pay the new part prices, yep. and then by the time you go off-roading and you break something, it's just super expensive. Um, yeah, so I don't know. Maybe maybe if the the Bronco is, uh, is really, uh, you know, like 10 years old, and I can find it in the junkyards, and I might go for it. Like I really like the uh, the Bronco idea, but I guess you know that was my hope with the Chiefs. But you never find them in the junkyards. And yeah. so to everybody watching the live stream, I'm gonna say uh, we're probably gonna wrap this up in the next you know 20 minutes or so here. So in the next yeah, 15 yeah. minutes, uh, we're probably gonna do the Boss Nice giveaway. So if you want to share this, get all your friends in here, tag your friends. We're gonna do the Boss Nice give knife, the Boss Knife giveaway very soon. So tag your friends in the comments. Get people in here. I'd love to see, you know, 20-something people in here to do this giveaway. It's a great knife. They're on our gear store. It's 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 a quality product. You're not going to find something. I mean, the thing's massive. The thing's like this big. It's it's a huge knife. So be sure to share this in the next 15 minutes. We're going to do a Boss Knife giveaway. Share this. Get all your friends in here. Let's, let's make it happen. Tag people. You're only going to be eligible to win if you tag people in the comments section right now. So in the next 15 minutes, watch out for that. But to switch over from Ford topics to Jeep topics, because I feel like that's all we talk about on this show. This is the Ford and Jeep show last week and this week, too. That's just all we're going to talk about. That's what that is what we talk about here. 
tires, Fords, Jeeps, misapplications, all that fun stuff here on Tire Talk Episode 2 with the Turo Tires. You're going to want to see this because that right there, my friends, is a massive pro charger. And like I said, if you're listening to this, the audio-only stream, that's great because we appreciate you listening on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. We appreciate that. But if you want to see what we're talking about and see all the articles and pictures and all that fun stuff, be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash Turo Tires, and you can see what we're talking about on the archive stream. And, of course, be sure to tune in every week, at least while coronavirus is a thing. Who knows if we'll keep doing this when we're on the road. Maybe if enough people like it. But be sure to tune in every week on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Tires slash live to the weekly live stream 7 p.m. Central Time on Thursdays. But on that, on what we're talking about here, according to reported by Off-Road Extreme, the Pro Charger has now made a kit for the Jeep JT Gladiator. And I think that's just fan-freaking-tastic. I think four-cylinder turbos are the way to go, first of all. Well, yeah, until you have to replace head gaskets on your Subaru. Oh, no, or the valve cover gaskets. Oh, it's so terrible. But uh, the supercharger for the for the Jeep definitely sounds. I mean, that yeah. thing's just beefy. That is a that is just huge. I mean, that's bigger than that guy's head. <laughs> that's a sizable supercharger. Which, I mean, I don't know. Our our Jeep performance wise is still pretty, pretty stock. I guess. I mean, it, it is stock. I don't think we've done any. We've done the super chips on there, but I believe that's about it in terms of power and i don't even know if we have any sort of modification on there for power i believe it's just reprogrammed for for tires and gearing but i don't know now, see, what was that I, I'm kind of, oh how i wonder how much you could push that stock engine block without rebuilding all of the internals like if you could slap that supercharger on and it'll yeah, take I'm it i'm not sure um i know um Lightbright, they did a build on their JL before they blew it up and went to the Hemi. They had the stock uh, JL engine in there with a turbo, and they blew it up surprisingly pretty quick. And then oh. they put then they put a Hemi in it instead. I don't know. I, generally, <laughs> I'm a much bigger fan of just doing a full engine swap like a Hemi or a diesel or something like that than putting these pro chargers or superchargers on. I mean, the the power. It looks like, according to these dyno charts, you gain about 100 horsepower, but you're still only really at 314 horsepower, 278 foot-pounds of torque in this thing, which in reality really isn't a lot. Yeah, and it's probably pretty... I mean, I wonder how much it runs, too, where if you just take that money and put it into a motor swap. Exactly. I, 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 and my other thing is, I think the Jeeps generally, I'm, I'm fairly happy with the amount of power that they make. Like I've, I've never felt maybe, maybe jo- Joe can chime in too. Now that he's, he's back from his, 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 his uh, coffee break, uh, his union break. Yeah. We have to give him a union break before we hit, hit an hour 45 or else, we're, or else we're getting trouble. Um, I was parched. So I personally have never felt in a situation where we've wheeled and granted we don't wheel the toughest trails. And I feel like this year I do want to try doing some harder stuff because I feel confident enough doing this for two years now that we could maybe do some tougher stuff. I feel have that driver confidence, but I've never 
felt like I was in a situation where I just wanted a stupid and more amount of power. I don't know. Do you, do you, do you agree with that, Joe? Do you feel differently about that? I feel that like, um, from what I've seen ourselves personally on vehicles and even online, uh, having more power, not just speed, right? Because speed, I, forget, I I believe... Wheel, when, wheel speed you're talking about, right? Yeah, like wheel speed, sorry. So wheel speed, when you impact on something, uh, higher speeds, you know, well, like any any impact, the weaker item's going to give, right? Um, usually our tires, the, the feedback I get are really good, but something also break in the vehicle, like suspension or whatnot. So back to the, the, the pain point getting moved somewhere else. So I think that um, having more power overall and moving your your entire vehicle as a, as a whole unit uh, is probably better just overall for your whole vehicle. So you're not putting pain points, just like I said, you know, like we were talking about earlier, moving it somewhere else. Yeah, like I said, I've I've never felt <laughs> I've never felt when we were out on the trail, I was like, man, I'd get over that obstacle if I just had 300 more horsepower. Yeah, but but what's the fun in that? You know, it's always like I gotta go faster. I got. I mean, it's cool. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I'd love to stuff a Hemi in our JK just just for the fun of it, and I think it's Same cool, and I think it's though. it's a fun thing to do. But Ooh. I just don't think that it's. You're, I don't think you're gaining anything besides just the the cool factor. And is the cool factor worth the amount of money you're putting in? Well, um, hold on. I mean. Like USA engines roaring, you know, like that's just, you know, it's awesome. It's why yeah. I like looking at hammers. But I think given the choice between engine upgrades and steering and suspension upgrades, you know, like steering suspension for sure. Well, yeah, but I think my my question here is, do you think it's do you think it's worth putting money in the performance side of a Jeep at all? Because I'm generally in the camp of I don't think you need to do anything with them performance wise, like in terms of ability to get over obstacles and that sort of thing. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, so why do you really need it besides like, I mean, just the boom, you know, like the, the, the roar, right? It, yeah, it's, it's the same thing. With my, yeah. it, it's the same thing with my Subaru. I mean, I use this thing for, you know, dirt roads and, and like the smaller rocks and stuff, yeah. but if you could break your traction whenever you want to, I mean, what, what else are you going to do with that extra power? Break it faster. I mean, and again, it's, it's different yeah. if you're, it's different if you're building an ultra four. Or you're building That's a rally point, car dude. or you're building something like that because you want the speed because because you want the speed for other reasons. You're trying to go fast. Those things are built to go fast. But in a Jeep, you spend 90 percent of your time doing obstacles with a wheel speed of like less than five miles an hour. Yeah, I mean, even then, you could only go so fast on the dirt anyways, just because there's not that much traction there. So, I mean, once you're breaking loose on the, on the dirt, like how is more horsepower going to, going to help? I mean, yeah. even with the rally cars, I, I think the, uh, the super rally car makes only 400 wheel horsepower, which is a lot, but for, you know, a pro rally car from Subaru, like they don't, they don't have that much horsepower. And I think a lot of it comes down to like, you have more horsepower, but you're breaking traction, but then you have way more of a risk of breaking something in your car, if something sticks. So yeah, I mean, that, that's the dilemma. But for rock crawling, you don't... Yeah, I mean, I saw at King of the Hammers, there's these people with these four-cylinder Toyotas. Like, crazy suspension mods, but they had four-cylinder normal. You just need torque. Rated. That's all you need is the torque. Exactly. Get that from the gearing. Yep. Like, I, I think the Ultra 4s are like seven, 800 horsepower or something like that. Yeah. And my point, my point being with that is that, yes, you have more engine, you have more roar, more power, but, like, all the other items that you're using are just super beefed up and intense. Yeah. 
And again, you need the power for a different purpose. You're doing something different than you would be in a Jeep. You're not trying to do the same thing. You're not, it's a different, it's yeah. a vehicle built for something different. And every, everybody in the comments right now, I'm going to throw over here quick. We yeah. ha we're, tr let's get some more people in here. Tag your friends in about 10, 10 minutes. <laughs> we're going to do the boss giveaway. Um, I think I have a good trivia question for it. That should be a pretty fun one. Um, we are going to give away a boss knife, not the f American flag one that Joe keeps showing Shit, to you guys. Because <laughs> um, that's a one, one, one of one knife. But um, we're going to do some trivia here in about 10 minutes. Tag your friends, share the stream, get as many people in here as possible because I'd love to do this boss knife giveaway. And if there's just not enough people in here, we're not going to do it because it wouldn't be worthwhile because there's oh, like... That's not fair to everyone, man. <laughs> okay, maybe I'm just uh, you're, you're you're calling my bluff. We're still gonna do it, but I'd still love to see a lot of people in here for this boss knife. So everybody, tag some friends, share the stream. You won't be eligible to win unless you tag your friends and share the stream. And then we will pick because I can only I can't see who's actually watching. I can see who's commenting. So if you're not commenting, I won't know to pick your name. So ask questions, comment, tag friends. Do all that good stuff, and we will pick a winner from the comments to win the Trailblade Boss Knife by Quartermaster, the Boss Hog Knife. That is a hog of a knife. I've seen Joe cut himself with it multiple times. Many a time. So it is a going. great knife, <laughs> but be sure to not cut yourself like Joe does. We will ship <laughs> it to whoever wins it. Ship it out tomorrow. Landers a secret ninja. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I don't know. What, going back to the power in, in Jeeps thing, I just, I, again, I just, excuse me, I don't think they need it. I just think, like, I could see maybe the viability of a diesel swap because you get better MPG and better torque. But I don't know what, I don't know what you're gaining necessarily out of a, a high power swap besides just the cool factor, which. I'm not trying to undersell the cool factor because it's cool. Yeah. But. I, I, yeah. I mean, well, yeah, definitely the, the, the cool factor, uh, the sound. And it, I, I think um, <sighs> to be funny, but chances are uh, if you're running something like that, you're probably running 20s enough, you know, rim wise. Yeah. Um, which, which is yeah. cool too. I mean, it's just different, you know, different, different show. You're not necessarily maybe off-roading in any way. Yeah. The actual performance part of it, but however, when we when we went to a uh, uh, Silver Lake Sand Dunes out in Michigan, we ran was it 18s or 20s? I think 20s. We were 20s on yeah, 38s on 20s. 38s on 20s. 38s on 20s. You're yep. right. 38s on 20s. And we 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 got around. So that was that was good. <laughs> yeah, because somebody didn't know how to put the bead locks on. Joe. <laughs> Oh, oh, I mean, Joe. George, that is a good point. Better power at higher altitudes. That is true. Ooh. If you're going up in the mountains, your your drought, you'd still lose power, but you'd be probably at closer to stock power levels. But again, based on at least my experience, like I said, we've been wheeling in Colorado and I've never felt the need where I wanted a ton more power. But I think the argument, that's a more valid argument than just saying, well, I need more power. Having it at higher altitudes, I think that is a valid argument because you would have better power at higher altitudes. But I wonder, I'd like to see the power drop off between like a pro charger or a turbo setup that relies very heavily on air density versus like a diesel or a hemi swap. 
Yeah, when you say, I, I just thinking like more power of like that, uh, uh, the donut media guy that would, uh, James Humphrey's name, isn't it? More power, okay. baby. More, more, more power, more. baby. Yeah. It, it James Humphrey, I'm coming for yeah. you. Yeah. More, more, more power, man. baby. Where we actually did that on more power. More power. Can never go wrong. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, it's interesting. We'll see what, what happens with, with all that, but. I, I, I kind of feel too that like a lot of the uh, uh, yeah thankfully like the products and stuff that we get to work with and you get to see like the the offer side the performance side like family vehicles whatever like your your yeah. uh, well what I think is, is, is interesting with. about the power question with Jeeps is Jeep just came out with um that Mojave the Jeep Wrangler Mojave or the Jeep Gladiator Mojave which is targeted towards it has tuned Fox suspension. I believe the 2.5s that we have on the Ranger from, and it's from like you buy it like that. Yeah. You buy it from, from Jeep. Oh, wow. It's it's like, instead of the Rubicon, you get the Mojave and it's okay. designed for like the dunes. They marketed it, I believe just around King of the hammers. And it's like for off-roading. I think it was at the auto show. I think we saw it there. I don't remember. Um, but it's marketed towards, you know, off-roading in the desert and that kind of high-speed stuff. But my question is, why would you do that and market this thing towards high speed and it's the same exact engine? Why does it do? Yeah. What else why does? wouldn't you have put a Hemi in there? If you're going to advertise this thing as being this, like, high-speed desert runner and then, oh, but it only has the whatever they're using now, a 3.6 or something? I'm not sure. I just, I just tagged that uh, the the Jeep Gladiator GT guy that we work with out of uh, uh, out of California, um, and it's cool because he actually went out to King of the Hammers, um, where he was running around with his Gladiator and uh, another uh, Hummer um, and stuff like that. On, on both on the Boss, I believe actually. Yeah, they're both oh, on the Boss. And he just upgraded all his steering. I was looking at like uh, I think smarts. yesterday to steer smarts, man, with the attenuator and all that stuff. Like, yeah, huge help. Yeah, I wonder if a lot of it they're testing the market too, just to see if it's really worth it before they go through with an engine swap. You know, a faster uh, engine. Yeah. That's the fastest engine that they put in a Jeep so far, right? Or do do they have the option the, stock? The the JL engine. Is that is that faster than what the Mojave has? No, the Mojave has the same exact engine as the the Rubicon. It's the same exact engine you get in any other Jeep. They haven't changed it. Huh? Yeah. I mean, it's just like. I don't know. Maybe they're just testing the waters. I've seen a lot of car companies where they're like special edition and then they'll just but have it's like the same price as the Rubicon and you lose a lot of other stuff. Like, I don't believe it has a front locker. I oh. don't think it has sway bar disconnects because they put Sorry. all that money into the shocks and it's because it's marketed as a desert truck. Mm. So it's see, like they kind of go hand in hand, right? You need both. Yeah, you need the yeah. well, and yeah, you need, <laughs> you need the power. Both. But why would I spend all this money just to get better shocks that most people are probably going to take off anyway and go aftermarket? Sorry, automotive manufacturers. That's just the nature of how it goes. People are going to put aftermarket stuff on their Jeeps. So why would I spend the extra money on this when I could spend less on the on the Gladiator, get more or, or the, the Rubicon, get more stock and then just upgrade my shock? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'd go the Rubicon route and just, I mean, the shocks, like four four bolts or, yeah, no, eight bolts, you know, just, just swap it out so much easier than trying to add in a, a disconnectable sway bar and a locker. Yeah, exactly. And it, I, I, it was the same price, if not the Mojave might have been slightly more expensive. Oh, really? 
Yeah, for basically what you're just getting is is those upgraded tuned Fox shocks. So you just you, just, you get the Wrangler and then you find a crashed Mojave, and then you take the suspension and throw it on and then you win. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Rolled over. Oh. <laughs> Talking to a junkyarder. All right, so let's do this giveaway. We are going to do. Hold on, real um, fast before I forget. So we're talking about gladiators and sorry, okay. I just before 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 I forget, I should say, <laughs> right? Like, boo, yeah. <laughs> be tuned. So, uh, no, the Jeep Gladiator. He also uh, was at the Pismo Beach event that we did last October. Him and uh, Edwin with the Ultra Four, and it was cool because the Gladiator. So this is like you know, um, pre him updating a lot of steering and suspension and shocks and all that, and having the Boss tires on there on on thirty uh, seventh, I believe he was running at the time which he just now just recently changed to a bigger size. But, uh, but yeah, so he was out there, you know, man, he's running around and stuff, like towing people out and, and whatnot. Uh, and it was pretty cool because back then the Jeep player had just came out. So it was kind of nice to have like something fresh and, and, uh, and whatnot, man. But yeah, I, th- I think he's a, he's a fun guy. I'm glad we ran into him and, and just, yeah. The Gladiator has grown on me, man. I think it's grown on me. I've seen it a lot more on the, on the streets. I, I always think it's a cool truck, but it's, it's, uh, I don't know how you're going to off-road in that. I didn't like it at first. Like, I, I really, I don't know, I really didn't like it. It was weird. It was just me something new. Until we went to Moab, East Street Safari, and we saw the different modifications that they had of it. And that's when I was like, okay, you can do I some, still, like, I still want that stuff. that two-door, that blue two-door one. Yeah, you can do some pretty cool <laughs> stuff. Dude. I still want guys, the two-door yeah. Gladiator, and I want them to come out with that, but they'll never will, because people don't want two-door trucks anymore. Joe, mm-hmm. is, is it the looks that you don't like so much? I know a lot of people are like, oh, they no. look ugly, but... I, I think it's just because it was it was different. I'm like, oh, that doesn't make sense. It's a pickup truck. It's a pickup truck. Oh, it's not a Jeep. You know, so, so you're just like, uh, it, it, it was. I'm like, why don't I like it? There's no reason. It just, I don't know. I'm like, I'm like, ooh, that's weird, man. But if I feel like that, other people probably felt like that too, you know. But then again, like, what new product or new vehicle or new item is not like that, where it's met with like, you know, uh, initial resistance, correct? You know, it's like, come on. Well, it's like the Mustangs. Every time they come out with a new Mustang, everybody's like, "I hate them." That new well, the same and I think I think that goes Rise with yeah. I think that goes with changing up any brand that people are very loyal to, whether it's Mustang or Jeep or whatever. You're dealing with a very loyal fan base that I don't think necessarily likes change, and I think Jeep got really lucky with the JL because they did such a great job with it in terms of just taking everything people complained about yeah. with the JK and making it better, but not taking away anything or changing anything. They didn't change the styling drastically. They tweaked little things. They tweaked little things on the inside to make it better, but they didn't try to overhaul it. They didn't try to reinvent the wheel. And I think that's why they did great with it because they didn't, they didn't reinvent the wheel and they didn't upset anybody by coming out with the new model. But I feel like sometimes these auto manufacturers, especially with tried and true, very brand loyal products, they try to reinvent the wheel and make it way better, and people just end up not liking it. No, yeah, I think you have to understand the natural flow of of things and just how they work, and then you you assimilate to that and you become a part of that flow, right? Uh, making it easier for people to achieve uh, a means and end or or an ending, right? Um, Jared, I don't know if you if you had seen an app too, but like, well, Ford's got the electric Machi coming out, and then Jeep's got the electric Jeep coming out. Um, what do you think about electric stuff like that, man? I was joking last time with Edwin about putting your batteries on your roof rack so that way you're not, you know, go, trying to go yeah. through the water. Um, no, it, it's funny because 
I mean, I've gotten in the cars because engines are like a clock almost. It's just so intricate to watch them work and figure out how they how they work. It's, it's really cool seeing all the engineering behind it. Yeah. Um, or electric, it's extremely similar. You know, you got your electric motor and then the axles to the, to the wheels, at least mechanically. I know electronically it's very intense. Um, so the, the car geek part of me, I'm going to miss the sounds. Yeah. I'm going to hate it because like no sounds. I can't smell the gas or whatever. This is bullcrap. Exactly. <laughs> But the functional part of me is, you know, make the best toy because, well, you have power right on demand. It'd be easy to do upgrades, easy to, super easy to work on. You don't have to worry about anything. And so if you break something, it's really not a big deal anymore. You know, like you, you, you blow a rod in your engine, you're, you're done. Like that, that's it. Like you're going to cry and you're in, you in the closet. It. Literally, you blew it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. For two weeks. <laughs> if you fry an engine in a Tesla, you're just like, okay, I'll just. You know, you just almost toss in another one. Puts me double A's in it. <laughs> at least that's, that's how it looks. Um, and I saw like the that one link you posted with the off-road. Yeah. You know, the off-road thing coming up. And I don't know, it'd just be really cool to see with all that torque and like how it could manage the, the torque going to, to different wheels in real time based on your terrain. So like rock crawling, you don't even need lockers anymore because of, you know, it's an electric motor. Um, oh. You know, so, if you had a motor on each wheel. Yeah. And, uh control it all separately so i think there's going to be huge advancements and it lets the computer control what the vehicle's doing a lot more which which even it's funny because i'm a computer guy but i hate computers yeah. and cars because it's just like i just don't see what's going on i get you know, weirded out by that yeah i get weirded out yeah but like with electric cars it's just going to make everything so much more simple because it's like everything's electric computer just talks to the to the motor and you drive like an rc car an rc car is pretty simple so I think it's a it's going to be a great move for. Okay, so while we have a decent amount of people in here, I'm going to start. I'm going to start the giveaway. Let me start it, and okay. I'm going to do trivia. So, everybody who wants to to win, comment and tag two friends again, and answer the question: What was the first tire in the Aturo Tires lineup? What's the oldest tire? Uh, can I answer? No, you can give, give, give it away to everybody then. Yeah, crap. So, oh, man, so, so tag your two off. friends and comment what is the oldest tire in the Aturo Tires lineup. And you will be entered and, to win the Trailblade Boss Knife. If I mean, if you click, if you guess it correctly. Not the American flag one, the plain black one. But that's the we're, same we're, knife. We're going to give away Cullen's uh, computer too. No, right. no, no. Yeah. No, with his personal save downloads folder. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Um, uh, speaking of funny stuff or whatever, as as I was looking at this, uh, uh, as I was looking at this map back here, um, you know what we don't have on here is forging any water. It's all uh, rocks. It's all solid and gravel and, and rough terrain, but there's no forging of water. Oh, we need we need water. Oh man, I know there's mud. There's there's pretty deep mud. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, true, true. Good point. Good point. Good point. Good point. Yeah, we, we, we got a good chunk of water. Oh, uh, actually, I was, I was thinking, should, should we ask ask the people if the they have any questions be... for me before? Oh, what? Oh, sorry. If they haven't before, before you have to head out. Sorry, because it has been a kind of a while. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I could stay for forever. I have yeah. space for this. I don't know about your schedule, <laughs> but I, I wondered if you know if they have any questions for like somebody in the gaming industry or even in the sim off road world or even my WX. Yeah, you know what's funny, Jared? Sorry to bring us up, man, but when you brought up earlier about like uh, ergonomics, nobody's guessed yet. 
Come on, people. And what? And the uh, nobody's wait, even throwing out a guess. Tag well, so the two. Tribute... Tag two friends in the comments and guess what the first tire introduced yeah. in the Eternal lineup is for a chance to win a Trailblade Boss Knife. Do it right now, live. This is for only people live on Facebook. So if you want a chance to win these awesome giveaways, be sure to tune in every Thursday, 7 p.m. Central Time at Aturo, at Facebook.com slash Aturo Tires <laughs> slash live. And you can, get, you can have a chance to win <laughs> these awesome giveaways. We've already given away a windbreaker, another sort yeah. of goodie swag pack. And now we're giving away a Trailblade Boss Knife. This is the biggest thing we've given away. And if we can get enough people. George, I know you know, and you can't guess. <laughs> but if, anybody. If you didn't if say you, anybody. If we get enough people do, watching these streams, I can ma ma maybe give away a set of tires. I don't know. I, I don't know. Oh, I want to enter that. Maybe. I'll, I'll do that one. But it's only going to work if we get enough people watching these streams. Because if I say, oh, we got five people watching, I'm going to give well, away some tires. That's and, that's not going to work. On a set of tires and doing that, actually, we had uh, Jared and I we talking the other day on the phone and stuff. Uh, we were talking about, like, on, on uh, video game-wise and demo-wise, if everything works out where people can play and stuff like that, like, that would be cool to raffle off a, a set of tires and the standards. It or, is not the Trailblade XT. It was someone said Mike DiBenedetto. Oh, it is not the Mike, Trailblade X. Close call, close. Uh, Pat Carroll, Trailblade. That's a lineup. Oh, my Here, that's not no, an individual tire. No, but that's but but a lot of people think that. That's why they don't know the Trailblade, and then there's like the Trailblade's a specific, not an actual yeah. tire. I'm asking for that's the first series. tire, the first yeah. model, and it still actually of is available. Tires. The first model. Yeah. It's still in wow. our lineup. And it may not be the Trailblade series. It may be. It might. It might be another series. It may be the Trailblade series. I don't know. It might be another series. Look at our whole catalog. It might be another series. You take a look at what we have on the website. Take a guess. But but what I was talking about, Jared. So when I sorry to laugh about this. When I first met you, I don't know if you remember or not, but you had a a wrist support on. Oh yeah. Because because you had injured your wrist from working so much. And I remember oh, seeing him like, you okay, man? It's not the MT. It's not the See, XT. Or not the, MT. the AT. They're not the MT. Not the AT. Negative. It might it might not be a trailblazer. It might be another series. Yeah. Um, I remember telling you, I'm like, I know I'm injured now, but when I heal up, we got to work together. You're standing there talking and you got these wrist supports on. I'm like, Ooh, oh, my gosh, six, what did this guy AZ do? AZ 600. You're close. UFC fighter on the low, dude. You're close oh, exactly. with the... Matt, you are you're the closest Ooh. one with the six hundred. You're going deep into the archives. You you're on the internet. No, Mike's going into the fire. He's going on to the, the, the uh yeah, like very top secret type stuff. Man. Yeah, you're you're point. searching like, for that because woo! not many people know That's, about the six hundred. Yeah. So Much you're searching props, for Mr. stuff. Mike. Much props. That's hardcore. I'll give you props for that, but that's not it. Yeah. But yeah, you've gone close, deep if you found the six hundred because that's not even in production anymore. The tire the, the, that we're referring to is still in production. The, the AZ is funny, though, because we were doing that event in Colorado last year. Um, and a gentleman walked up, grabbed the catalog, opened it up, and he's, you know, skimming through it, which is, which is cool and accepted because you're at your own pace and we're here to support you. It's not the 610. And the 610 came out it, after the 600. The 610. Ooh, close. So then the guy pulls out the AZ series and he goes, oh, AZ? I thought it was Arizona. I'm like, that would, be, <laughs> that would be interesting, actually. I think it's an Arizona-only tire. The Arizona like, edition yeah. tires. I didn't think about it that way. Didn't the brand new Trailblade AZ Arizona edition. <laughs> There coming to you soon. Matt the Benedetto, the AZ800. <laughs> there you go. He, he's the only one guessing. Everybody it. else it in the stream though. just isn't cool enough. Matt, 
you are the winner of the Aturo boss knife. Maybe I should have done boss related trivia, but I think that's no, a pretty that's, hard one. What what the first uh That's a very hard one and to see the evolution of from where the AZ hundred was, AZ eight hundred, um I mean the amount of sizes how that led to that. what it led how how it led to what it led to today, man. Like, the amount of at, sizes look, that we offer in yeah. that now is kind of ridiculous, to be honest. Like there's a that tire's come a long way in terms of fitment. I think it's a tire you had to make that was very common size fitments and, and fitments that people could accept, correct? But now with the Trailblaze stuff, you started having sizes that people were not used to. You started making new sizes, wider stuff, taller stuff, and and I think that's what's helped us out, you know, and, and not to like drop other companies on here. Oh, but. did I call him Matt? I just called him, I, I, I must have na- naturally called him Matt because of Matt Benedetto, the NASCAR racer. I'm sorry, <laughs> Mike. The De Benedetto oh, threw me off. That's fine. I, I get. But cash. Mike's our winner. If I called him Matt, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Mike. You're the winner. <laughs> I will send it out to you. Watch yeah. out for a private message from me to get your shipping information, and I will uh, get that shipped yeah. out to you tomorrow. The the boss knife, and we will give something else away next week. Maybe we'll give away a different knife. Maybe we'll give away. I don't know. We got oh, a lot. We got we had all sorts of. I'll I'll go rummage through the archives of what we have. Maybe we'll find some old stuff to. Uh, yeah to give away yeah. no i i think i think even that man just to see like where the az800 left like i said you know it's uh something that's gonna fit a lot of sizes on what people are acceptable acceptable to and then you got them into new sizes and and i feel that oh that's what i was talking about earlier so not to drop other companies that are not us um but i believe in the sake of that we we all work in the same industry and we all work collectively to uh you know, help people out and let, let them achieve whatever experience they want to do. And like uh, Delancey tires or whatever, um, they make a couple of odd sizes. And, and I like that though, because we're, we're right there too. I'm like, we're, we're, you know, hand in hand and, and you make stuff that's a little bit more wider, a little bit taller. And sometimes people don't know how to find us because they're not looking for our tire size. They're looking for a more specific size that they're used to not realizing that you can go just a little bit taller, just a little bit wider, you know? And I think that's what we've been doing a lot lately. Like even with the Ranger about constantly trying to change out, see what tires fit and whatnot. Yeah, I think that's true. I think it is a lot about, uh, a lot about looking into, and, and I think people think, just because you're competitors, there's like hostility between people. Not and I, 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 that's not true at all. Not at I mean, all. I, I've mentioned several other tire names in, and, the, and in this, in this stream. And yeah, you, some would be like, oh, you're giving them free publicity because you're mentioning no. their name on your stream. And I, frankly, the majority of people are going to buy what they're going to buy. And you know what? And that's fine. And I'm, and, I, and I'm not upset about that. And you know what? If you want to try our stuff, I think you'll be pretty happy with the performance you get for the price point. But if you want to keep running whatever other tire brand, cause that's what you've always run and that's what you like. And that's what you're happy with. And you're comfortable with, yeah. and you're comfortable with that's fine too. I'm not, I'm not going to pry your other no. tires from you and force you to run this stuff. That's just, that's, that's not why we're here. We're no, here to show a, you that there's yeah. other options that may perform just as well, if not better for what you're trying to do at a different price point well, than what you're currently praying. Or sometimes you just don't know it's an option because you're not searching yeah. for that. You, you, and like the dealer doesn't know. So it's not their fault either, you know, um, but, but that's just whatever. Like this is you know, life. <laughs> so. Um, hooking up with swag. Yeah, we are. <laughs> but uh, 
You haven't done any t-shirts, have you? I don't think so. No, no. I will give, uh, so Pat, we already gave him something. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, we're giving him a windbreaker. Since you tagged Steve and he came in here, Steve Cameron, I will send you a a Turo Tires t-shirt. That one Joe's modeling there that we can't really see, but we can kind of see. Um, Watch out for a, Steve Cameron, watch out for a private message from me tomorrow on, uh, on Facebook or tonight after the stream yeah. to get your shipping address and I will get that sh- shipped out to you tomorrow. And I need a size obviously too, because yeah, yeah that's, that's important when sending out a t-shirt, but on that note, kind of Jared's right? outside in his car for this stream and it's getting dark. It's, it's cool to see the sun. Yeah, yes. The sun has set down. in Arizona. <laughs> that's it's awesome. getting dark. That's We're not awesome. in sunny the beach like yeah. I am. So on I that note, I think I think that will conclude yeah. our second episode, episode two here of Tire Talk. Big thank you to Jared Check Samuelson it. from yes. BMNG for joining us this week and sharing his story, talking about BMNG, talking about all that. Jared, is there anything you want to say in the closing notes here? Thanks. Yeah. Well, first of all, doing the cheesy thing. Thank you, too, for having me on here, which is really yeah. awesome. Um, and I'm always down to answer questions about getting into the industry or anything. So definitely hit me up on Instagram. Um, that's where I respond, you know, the most like Facebook, not so much. Um, so it's, a uh, it's Jared Samuelson on Instagram. Um, and yeah, you know, the, the final, the final takeaway is just, if you want to do something, just, just start doing it. It doesn't matter about like the quality of the stuff you have, just, just go for it. You know, don't make a big plan. Just start practicing. Download the game engine if you want to become a, a video game developer. You know, if, if you want to be a musician, just whatever you have, make music, you know, on pots and pans, whatever you want to do, just, just start doing it you know, and, and decide. And then once that starts taking over, then switch from your day job to, to that one once you start making money with your side side gig. And um, that's the biggest takeaway, at least the biggest piece of advice I could think of right now. But definitely, if you have any other questions, let me know. And on that note, guys, that concludes episode two of Tire Talk with the Turo Tires. Be sure to follow us on Facebook to watch the stream live and recorded live in front of a, not a studio audience, but I guess a stream audience. And we answer questions and give stuff away. So be sure to tune in live at the Turo Tires Facebook page Thursday, 7 p.m. Central Time. We record this. Um, If you want to listen to it later, head to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Atero Tires. You can watch the whole thing again if you're sitting at the office and want something nice on in the background and you want to hear me ramble. So you can... Spotify uh, setup that you got going on. Yeah, go to anchor.fm slash Atero Tires to find the podcast on any podcasting platform you want. Right now it's on Spotify. should be on other podcasting platforms very, very soon. But go to anchor.fm slash Turo Tires to listen to the audio of only version of this of this episode. I think that's it. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Turo Tires. Be sure to follow Jared on Instagram. Instagram. Oh, Jared, you have, you have a YouTube channel, Jared? Jared. Samuelson. Jared, do you have yeah. a YouTube channel? A YouTube channel? What's going on? The here? YouTube channel. Um, yeah. Just type in Yellow Dummy or X. Off-road. Yellow, yellow WR, what is it? Yellow WRX off road. Okay. Go on YouTube, find I, videos of Jared, comment on them, tell them you found him from Tire Talk with the Turo Tires. Yellow WRX. And oh, if yeah. you find yeah. some of his videos and comment that, I will have him message me and we'll try to get you some stuff too. Yeah, but you, the username is either Ferretank or Jared Samuelson. I forgot what it is now, but um, yeah. So just 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 Google lifted WRX yellow walk around and you'll find you'll find my account or just go to my Instagram. <laughs> there's YouTube link there. But, but so awesome. 
on that note, everybody, thank you. Thank you Be so sure much. to continue yeah. watching, continue sharing the stream. Uh, if you're looking for any other Aturo gear, head to AturoGear.com. We got stickers, shirts, all that stuff. I'll be working on, uh, we're trying our best to fulfill orders as quickly as possible, given the current circumstances, but be sure to order any sort of Aturo swag you want on there in the meantime. But yeah, listen to us on anchor.fm. Subscribe yeah. to us on YouTube so you can watch this again. Stay up to date with us on Facebook for not only Tire Talk, but all sorts of other cool stuff because I think we post pretty cool stuff all the time. Aturogear.com for all your Aturo swag. And on that note, everybody, that concludes episode line. two of Aturo Tires, of Tire Talk with Aturo Tires. I hope everybody has a wonderful rest of your week, a wonderful weekend. Yeah. Everybody, please stay safe, stay healthy, and we will see you guys next week. Take care of yourself and each other for sure. Y'all are awesome. Thank you, Jared, man. Thank you so much for everything, man.